Live. You're listening to the Order 66 podcast, brought to you by Gamer Nation Studios, D20 Radio, and the generous donations of Jared Williams, Kevin Malone, Donald Weller, Sean Kumar, Darren Hampton, Andy Bethel, B. Witzel, and Balaam's Blasters. What is up, Gamer Nation? GM Chris here, and for those tuning in for the very first time, welcome to the Order 66 podcast, the original podcast entirely devoted to Star Wars role-playing, and I am joined tonight by two men whose heads can finally be seen by the listeners watching live via Twitch. Thank you, GM Dave, uh, Big Yoda, for setting up our Twitch stream. Um, uh, GM Dave, and, and of course, the eponymous GM Phil, Gentleman's. Like, I, I don't feel like I've talked to y'all in forever, like, not since the con, because I was traveling when you guys had the awesome book review episode, which was our last real episode. Yes, indeed. It was a very good episode, and you were sorely missed, my friend. Aw, you so kind. <laughs> <laughs> or you're something. <laughs> yeah, you know, you were the one that had to go off in a different country, you know. Yeah, you stupid work. What are you going to do? Right. Um... It, yeah, it, it is. It is what it is. It is what it is, and it was what it was. Well, the point is, we had. I had. I had fun, but I. I missed my friends. So, but it's uh, cool. You got back in time for us to game with each other. God, it's been two weeks, and I'm still recovering from Gamer Nation Con. <laughs> <sighs> I'm. I'm. I'm still wiped and and everything else. I had a phenomenal time. I know we're going to talk about it more, but I had a phenomenal time with you guys. Oh, it was great, man. It was absolutely a blast. Fantastic. Uh, so um, I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight, uh, those who are listening uh, post-live recording. And for those who are actually watching us live, um, uh, GM Rage and Cajun, first-time listener, welcome to the live podcast. We have quite a few um, that are, are watching us live uh, on Twitch TV right now. Um, and a few more that might be calling in via Discord later on because we need uh, apparently Skype, Discord, and Twitch TV to actually run a podcast. Um, <laughs> so things happen. <laughs> well, the 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 things happen. Um, but I'm really count audacity that you're running. Over yeah, there. yeah, and then yeah, and then audacity, and yeah, it yeah, gotta love technology. Um, well, speaking of loving technology, I'm 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 eager to to make use of it and, and get into our show proper. Do you guys want to you guys want to kick this pig? I think we should. Well, let's get to uh, some announcements. Hello there. What have we here? Good news. Featured podcast this week. Uh, hey. This is in line 
with our topic of discussion tonight, we've got to recommend that all of you guys check out the most recent episode of The Knowledge Check. Did Phil just shrink? This is helmed, of course, by Eric and Philip, uh, both of whom attended and ran games at uh, Gamer Nation Con, uh, along with uh, Jeff, the co-host for uh, Eberron Renewed. Uh, the Knowledge Check is uh, D20 Radio's resident 5th edition podcast, but episode 28, being the ultimate con artist, uh, is choose D&D 5e discussion for deep dives into playing and running convention games, and it's an excellent episode with a great deal of advice for experienced or first-time convention goers. So mm-hmm. you guys check that out. And of course, you can find this in any and lots of other great podcasts at uh, www.d20radio.com. Dot com. Moving on to juicy bits of web goodness. Uh, ma- uh, wanted to give a call out for a very special Kickstarter out there, the Maps of Mastery Halls of Legend. Uh, there are only three days to go to pledge support for friend of the show, Chris West's latest Kickstarter for Maps of Mastery, his Halls of Legend. Uh, though the project has been funded, we need we all need it to overfund so Mr. West will be able to release even more maps to this <laughs> wondrous castle. Yes. More map. Because too much is never enough. No. Never enough. Uh, every Gen Con 5... Uh, Gen Con. Uh, Gamer Nation Con 5 attendee received the first map of the set for free as part of our convention swag bag. But the remaining three maps in the set fit together to create a beautiful fantasy castle and magical academy. Uh, so go now. Head to a Kickstarter and search for Halls of Legend to secure yourself some very awesome maps. Yes. Um, yes. The, these things are absolutely beautiful. I saw Chris's plans for the whole thing, and it's supposed to be multi-level and like a, a second tier above and a sub-tier below. It's 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 incredible, man. I really want to see this full thing made. It's beautiful. And and those who aren't you don't want paper maps, he's got digital reward options too. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There is digital rewards are so beautiful. Uh, moving on to Fantasy Flight Games news, uh, we received another article for Unlimited Power, the Mystic Career Book. A uh, new article dropped on Friday teasing the three new Mystic specs that could be found in the forthcoming book. Uh, the Alchemist, which is, uh, as it kind of says, uh, someone who delves into sort of like potion making and alchemy aspects of the Force, uh, kind of dipping a little bit into Sith knowledge, although maybe not really, considering the other one of the other specs is called the Magus, which is sort of your taking knowledge from anywhere you can get it and applying it to the Force. That has some pretty interesting dark, uh, uh, dark side applications. Uh, and finally, the prophet, which kind of sort of leads into the whole Yoda, uh, Yoda, uh, what Yoda was doing, um, you know, so it's sort of coming a uh, a person who you know uses far seeing and, and looks in the future and, and can kind of use that to their advantage. Um, go check it out; it's a great article. It gets me even more excited for this book. I can't wait to get it. Uh, and you guys can find details on that right now at www.fantasyflightgames.com. Oh, yes. And after you check that article out and visited the Halls of Legend Kickstarter to, you know, pledge or maybe increase your pledge. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, man, you had to do that and remind us all that Vern Troyer died, didn't you? Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Poor guy. What? Well, now I'm sad. Poor guy. He struggled with substance abuse for quite some time. Yeah. Um, Poor guy. Poor guy. But, yes, um, yes, he has passed. He has passed, and that's a shame. 
But, uh, you know, you can check that out on the internet. There's a couple of obits um, after you've checked out the aforementioned articles. And then you're going to want to swing your cursor over to d20radio.com, which is the best gaming blog on the internet and a five-time recipient of Zero the Hut's Best Dressed Blog Award. So prestigious. It's an award he doesn't like to give out, I'll tell you that. No. But, you know, prestige aside, you will find the greatest fan-generated content and articles this side of Zero the Hut's makeup cabinet. Some highlights from this past week. Uh, Kim Franson brought us a really in-depth look at a game um, many people are already loving, Starfinder. Um, his new entry in the Finder's Archive series gives fans on the fence about the system a quick rundown and preview of a game that's making pretty major waves for Paizo. Um, so, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, it's been, what, 10 years? No, not quite since Pathfinder. Yeah, as new it, one's coming next year. As its own system, yeah. Um, and, you know, Starfinder has been has been really popular for fans of it. So, so very cool article. If you're on the fence or want to know more, check it out. And the ultra-prolific Chris Hunt brings us some more beautiful, tasty, delicious, shiny stats for FFG Star Wars with the Auric-class tactical strike fighter. This ship is a beast of an awesome, crazy thing. Like, like if you if you want to give your PC snub fighters that are powerful and yet survivable, go look at this. Um, it is a, a wickedly fast snub fighter um, used by the Republic for quite some time. Uh, best in class speed and handling. Solid defenses, considering that. Surprising armament, considering that. And it's hyperdrive capable. Um... <laughs> Uh, this little fighter is a, a major boon to any PC party. Really cool stat block. Nicely done, Chris. Uh, and you guys can find all this and more daily, along with the rest of our new daily content, at d20radio.com. And while you're there on the left-hand side of the page, you'll find a couple big buttons. One will take you to our thriving forum community. Uh, the other will take you to our Patreon. Um, we had a couple spots open up recently for our monthly Patreon game, uh, which, as, as players kind of left, we, we kind of fell by the wayside, but it's starting back up again. Um, so we've got a full seat in the house for that now. Um, so, yeah, monthly Patreon games. But we have a lot of uh, wonderful options out there for people who want to support the show. Uh, we've got a secret Twitter account with some special stuff on it run just by me. Um, we have some pledge levels that will uh, just really let you show your support for the podcast. If you guys are tickled with the podcast, you, you, you like our blog, you enjoy the content we produce, help us produce it. Uh, help us keep the lights on, fund the server, bills, uh, and also, most importantly, uh, continue to keep our staff authors for d20radio.com paid for the work they contribute, which is extremely important to us. Honestly, guys, a couple dollars a month. That's all we ask. Yes. And, of course, we have Convention Madness, and I will pause to remember what was the best Gamer Nation Con in history, don't you think, fellas? I mean, <laughs> of, of the five, this was my favorite. Yeah. Not because we had a pre-con barbecue, but because of just the sheer amount of awesome that ensued as a middle as, as, as a part of that con. And yes, it is done, unfortunately. If you missed it, you missed it. But we're going to come back again next year. We're going to talk a lot about cons and a lot about the Gamer Nation Con in particular. Uh, as a quick note, though, everybody uh, listening needs to get to the next Gamer Nation Con and put that on your calendars right now. I'll give you a second to grab a pen, and then I will tell you that Gen that GN Con 6, Gamer Nation Con 6, Gamers Assemble, has been announced. The date is April 4th through the 7th of 2019, and beautiful Plano, Texas. Texas. The theme is, of course, as you would 
probably figure by Gamers Assemble, Supers. Yay! Yes. So yeah, we've got uh, Chris did a really neat little logo for the for the second uh, for this for this con, and and I think it's already up on the Facebook page, isn't it? Yep, you can head to the Gamer Nation Con Facebook page and see the logo for Gamer Nation Con Six. There you go. Speaking of that, that's how you can keep in touch with us. Go to D Twenty Radio on the Facebooks. There's an Order 66 podcast page as a part of that as well. You can always check us out there on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, at D20 Radio. Of course, he's at Darth GM, that guy on the left. The guy in the middle, that that guy is at GM Chris. And then me, on your right, GM Dave. And if, uh, if you want to throw, I think we're going to be using this Twitch stream for a little while. So if you want to follow... On Twitch, it's uh, Twitch TV slash Big Yoda. So, yeah, there you go. We will treat, tweet, drink. We will tweet and post show announcements regularly via all of those channels. So, indeed, indeed. Phil, are you excited (laughs) for next year's theme? (laughs) Hooli's in chat saying he already tried to book flights and they're not booking that far in advance yet. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes, yes, I am so excited for next year's theme that I ran it this year. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was. It, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to bring back my, uh, my minis from le- the even previous years Gamer Nation Con, my, my Justice League of the uh, Jedi Council, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to bring that back, at least those characters back. I'm going to make a four-hour module instead of the eight-hour monstrosity that I ended up with. Uh, but no, I, I'm, I'm. I've got all kinds of things in idea that I want to do for next year, and it's, it's going to be a blast. You're not going to want to miss it, especially if you like a, a little bit of a superheroic adventure. Oh, man, it's going to be a blast. I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. But we talk about this, guys. We talk about Gamer Nation Con. We talk about the games we ran at the con. Games we're going to run at the con. And it puts me puts me into a certain frame of mind, a, a contemplative frame of mind. And um, kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking we need to get to the meat of the show. What do you, what do you guys think? Yes. Carry on. Uh, Phil and I were busy making, uh, making our contemplative faces. Contemplation. Mm-hmm. contemplation, contemplation. Let's contemplate the meat. All right. Do we have a tentative title for tonight's titular topic? Oh my God! You're alliteration happy. <laughs> have you met me? Uh, when isn't he? I know. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, no. Take it away, Dave. Take it away. I have. Uh, well, okay, sure. So avoid the con crud. Or how to run Star Wars at a con 2.0. Ah, 2.0. But yes. what do you mean? Well, let me let me explain. So t- tonight's show. Gamer Nation is, is going to diverge from form just a bit, um, and we're going to have some fun. Uh, you know, we're we're going to have some questions later on in the episode, but they're not going to be your typical system questions, and uh, they're not pre-written. Um, um, we're going to get right into the meat, and it's going to be a little different. It, you know, as we said, it's been just just two short weeks since the end of Gamer Nation Con Five, D Twenty Radio's own convention. Hundreds of members of the Gamer Nation 
fans, listeners, converged from around the world. Um, and that's not hyperbole, from around the world uh, in, really? uh, in, in Plano, Texas, for four days of gaming goodness. Hashtag four dog. Um, now, for, for GNCon 3 and 4, we sold out at the door. This year, we sold out through pre-reg uh, before the con had even started. Uh, this year saw more hours of RPG play than we have ever seen before. Um, in fact, we crunched the numbers. It was a 38% increase over last year in terms of hours participated in RPG events. Damn. Now, as we recover and we reminisce, it begs the question as to how amazing those RPG games were, how much better they were than in years past, not only at, at, at Gamer Nation Con, but in other cons that we have run, and how much better they can be in the years to come. GMing an RPG is a skill. It is a learned and practiced skill. GMing at a con is a separate skill. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's got its own quirks. It's got its own goals, its own needs. And, and, and the reason we call this How to Run Star Wars at a Con 2.0 is because, Phil, over three and a half years ago, when Dave was on hiatus in the Philippines. <laughs> I remember that. I do. Um, for six months, you and I did an episode of the Order 66 podcast, which was episode 35, Conventional Wisdom. Yes. Um, where at the time, three and a half years ago, despite being a phenomenally experienced GM, you were making your first forays into running a set of convention games. Yes. And it was a completely new skill set from what I'm used to <laughs> in many aspects. Yes. And so now, three and a half years after that, I mean, Phil, you're a self-made con game pro. Um, Dave, you've taken your own first steps into becoming a con game GM um, as yep. well. Um, and as Gamer Nation Con 5 showed us, and, and as the buzz, buzz for Gamer Nation Con 6 is hinting at, more and more of you listeners are taking up the noble mantle and awesome responsibility of running an RPG game at a convention. And it is high time, Gamer Nation, that we revisit this earlier discussion with new experience, new tips, new tricks, new knowledge to share. We are going to dive headlong into running a Star Wars RPG adventure at a convention. But that is not all we are going to talk about. We are also going to invite some of you, our listeners, on the show tonight, um, as oh. long as as long as Discord behaves, <laughs> to to share your own experiences, specifically about Gamer Nation Con. And talk to us about your time at Gamer Nation Con. We want feedback. We want cool stories. We want suggestions for the future. So strap in tight as we get some serious convention love brewing tonight on your Order 66 podcast. That being said, gentlemans and gentlewomans, before we get started tonight, I want to be uh, kind of level seven. Tonight's show is going to be a rambling discussion to the like that you've probably never heard us do before. We have... That's not true. That's not, that's not true. Sam's been on the show. Sam has been on the show. Okay. I take that back. Okay. <laughs> right up uh, right up to where Sam was ever on a show, we'll go right up to that point and maybe even cross the brink occasionally, especially if certain people of the Gamer Nation wind up on the Discord channel. Mm. But that being said... We have pretty much trashed our usual, not Stuart. <laughs> Who rambles, Stuart or Whitworth? Come on now. 
That's a question. We have uh, based my money's on Whitworth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, that was a Twitch chat, by the way. <clears throat> For those of you listening at home with no idea what the hell's going on, yes, we're we're doing this new thing. We we threw away our our, our notes and our note format and traditional show topics and in uh, I don't know what you would call it right our format for for lack of a better word so this is very very intentional yes uh, also it is highly likely that the podcast hosts will be disclosing details of modules that we have written which you may not have read or played in be warned <laughs> yep and uh, what we may end up briefly talking about is uh, writing a convention module uh, yeah writing an actual convention module. Uh, but this is not the focus of tonight's discussion. It's, it's going to be just a, an ancillary byproduct of what we're talking about. Uh, if you want really serious knowledge on how to write a convention module, then that is what episode 35 is for. Yep. Tonight's talk is really about running and playing in a con, a con game <clears throat> more than just writing it itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so to kick off our rambling conversation, guys, and really get this freeform discussion going, like when this, I don't know, man, I think about this podcast has been first started. This podcast started over 10 years and two RPG systems ago, um, and it was it was a show between a player and a GM. Mm-hmm. That That's how it started. Uh, but things have changed radically. At this point, our one-time player is now a GM, and we've brought a, a, a another GM on the show whose experience eclipses the other GM. So, <laughs> I mean, guys, let, let's let's what what have we learned? Let's talk about our own convention GMing experience. What's changed for us in the past ten years, Phil? What's changed since three and a half years ago? Uh, quite simply, that I've gotten to the point where I'm able to run games for FFG directly at Gen Con. <laughs> um, so you know there is that. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I've I feel like I've gotten a lot better with a lot of the nuances that comes with running a, at for running a game for a convention where for six people that odds are you've never met before and you may never see again. You have no idea what their gaming style is like. You have no idea what their personalities are like. So you kind of have to just be there and just be like a you know an NHL goalie where you're just like all right. Throw it at me. I got this. Bring it on, man. Bring it on. Bring it on. Um, you know, prepping and designing games for to be run in four hours to have a setup, a, a, a an arc, and a, a good climax at the end. Um, yeah, there, there, there are so many. I feel like I'm I, I am a competent and and skilled convention writer now, um, but still things get me. Still things – I have still have things to learn and still things to grow. I don't think this is ever going to be a profession that anybody would master. This is one of those things that you, when you think you've seen it all, you still hadn't seen anything yet. Right. You know? So, yeah. That was – yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm kind of with you there. I, I'm at the point now that I run a lot more convention games or I should say one-shot games. Um than I do uh, home play, quite frankly. Um, that's that's my bread and butter. Um, I run a one-shot game at least every month, if not more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so what's weird for me has been the transition to where that skill set has become my um, stronger one, so to say, um, or at least more commonly practiced might be a better way, way to say it. Um, yeah, true that. Uh, so that's been that's been kind of interesting, and and I've got some I've had some, there's some interesting stories to share, especially around this system, um, you know, from from Gamer Nation Con. But Dave, okay, I want to talk about you, man, because you ran your what you ran your second convention running uh, experience this past year, this this two weeks ago. Uh it would be I I don't know probably not much more than three or four, but uh, yeah, because I ran at Gen Con. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. And uh, my first foray uh, was actually with the module that Wes and I wrote three years ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or so at the, at the last Gen Con that I went to before I took my hiatus and then, and then ultimately uh, managed to get back last year. But um, yeah, so it, it's, I'm a, it's funny that I come from the other side of the fence from you guys. And so my first, first time gming was at a con and uh-huh. right so so i'm that's kind of you know i that my modules are written in in, a, in such a way that they follow the same basic format so then i'm sure that it's going to fit in a four-hour block right or at least i think it's going to fit in a four-hour block and i still don't have the tools of the trade like you know i had to borrow some of your magnets uh, at the con two weeks ago right because yeah. i didn't he didn't I forgot the fact that oh yeah I haven't run a con so long that um, you know somebody just like you know I just forgot my my magnets and uh, my counters for now I was using the I was using the RPG playmat which is kind of cool because it helps you keep track of initiative that way but uh, that is the Fantasy Flight special Star Wars mat that we gave away a couple of right thanks Sam Stewart appreciate it but yeah I mean so. I kind of lost track of the original question, but yeah, it, it, it started from, <coughs> from for me and then it was bless you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, it just kind of has, has, has gone uh, from there. And, and, and now, you know, I'll, I'll go up to the game shop or whatever and, and, uh, ran a game with Darren West and some others. And, you know, they've, uh, some other groups have helped me play test some of the modules that I've written, uh, that are help have ultimately gone up here in the last year or two. I Station Zulu being one of them, and um, I forgot what the other one was now. But oh, the rest of the story—I ran that one uh, this year, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. I Station Zulu is cursed, and by the way, all of our listeners can find a Ice Station Zulu on d20radio.com. Just head to the tab at the top, which is Backer Zone, and you will find that module free for all. Um, that was that <laughs> we, was we created a button because of that module. Yeah, when the when the when the party collectively rolled five despairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that module's cursed. Um, <laughs> I, I, on, on a single absolutely. check, I might add. A single check absolutely. yielded five despairs. Yeah, any any horror module with rat ghouls in it should have that kind of curse. But but yeah, that that was that's just that, so 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 much fun. So much fun. So okay, I mean, what Phil? I'm 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 going to ask this of you, just because you know of. You've you've honed this skill over the past three years a lot. What is what is, and this kind of runs into our next our next sort of pseudo outline topic of discussion. What makes a con module running it or, or playing in it different from home games? I mean, what 
you know, for, for, for Star Wars players out there that are wanting to go to a con and play in a one shot or run it, what, what's different? What, what, what are the stark differentiators that as a GM or a player, you really need to take into account? All right. uh, As a player or a GM? Sure. All right. So let's start as a player first. Um, Unless you are lucky enough to be traveling with five of your best friends and you're able to all schedule the exact same game, you are going to be playing with people who you have never played with before and arguably will have no idea how you will interact with them. Mm. Um, It's So you have to prepare for that. Be ready for – and go in there with a positive attitude. Understand that some you're going to be sitting down with someone who might not have your playing style. And just be open to new experiences. I mean, if you really want to delve near the depths of your character and, and really get into like the backstory and all that stuff, that's great. But it might not be as important for the module where you're just going to try to sit down, have fun, get through the adventure and, and get moving with it. Um, as far as, as you know, if, if you're the type of person who just wants to cut, sit down and, 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 uh, um, screw around and, and make jokes and, 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 you know, just sit there for hack and slash adventure, realize that that's not everyone else's style. So be a little more accommodating to the folks that might want to actually get into character a little, um, and, and really make it a game because, you know, for some people, this could be their only chance to play the game. They might be the dedicated GM where they come from and they never get a chance to play. That's what I had for a while there back in the early 2000s when I was going to the Origins Game Fair back in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, dude, for, that, for, for some people, this is their only chance to play, period. They don't have a home group. Right, right. right. So, you know, don't try to quash someone else's gaming styles is, is the big thing. Um, and be a little more accommodating with your own to that end. Don't be afraid to get other people involved in your play style, especially if if you know you really get into the whole character interaction aspect. Start role playing with your buddies. Start role playing with your players. Look at the write ups for your characters and see if there's any connections between your character and another character in the party. Foster that connection. It it's it's going to be a lot of fun that way. I know that in my games, I always try to have at least one connection with at least one other person in the group, um, so that there is that there's that that automatic oh you're my buddy type thing going on because that's that can sometimes help you break out of any kind of like shyness that you may have to sitting down with five brand new well arguably six brand new people and and gaming with them Mm -hmm. you know have that connection with someone so that's my that's my uh, advice as far as being a player um as far as being a gm kind of the kind of a similar aspect realize that these are not your these are not your gamers um these are not your players these are not the people that you may have gamed with for decades or carefully cultivated over the years to be your your premier elite gaming group um be prepared to roll with it you know know that every session is going to be different you could be running the same module six times that con but i can guarantee you every time it's going to be a different game something new is going to happen be ready for that. Be on the ball. Um, gaming a convention game like that where you're running the same module six times is going to test your GM chops for coming up with um, new uh, new ways to handle the PC's unexpected actions and the, the how one encounter will go one way thanks to dice rolls, but in the next game it'll go a completely different way thanks to the exact same die rolls. Dude, word. 
And like, especially in this system, whether it's the Star Wars RPG narrative dice system, or even the same system in terms of Genesis, we saw we saw a lot of Genesis play at Gamer Nation Con Five. Oh um, yeah, um, that's uh, the new hotness. It's it's the yeah. FFG's bringing sexy back. Everybody wants a piece. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, you know, but what's beautiful is that that all the advice that applies to Star Wars applies to that as well, and vice versa. Um, I, 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 I've, I've seen this. I didn't see it so much this year, but I've seen it in prior years, especially with Star Wars, um, new GMs to this system. They, like you said, man, when you run a module six times in a con or four times in a con, you start to hit beats. Like you, you're, you know, those of us that have been con jamming for forever. I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, Phil, you're, you've been, you're running games now for FFG, man. You know, back in the day, you know, I, I used to whore myself out to Watsi, right? Um, yep. uh, for, to, to, to Wizards of the Coast and, uh, me and a handful of others, man, we, we did it and we, we would run, you know, go to Gen Con and run eight sessions of a single, you know, uh, RPG. And in a system like that, there's no variation. There's, it's pass fail. You, you just, you, you'd get into the zone and you'd know how things were going to go with this system because of what you just said, things fly off the rail constantly. It's never the same. And as a GM, you, even, if, even if it's your fourth time running the mod in this con, um, you, you, God, you just, you have to be on your toes and I've seen GMs break. Okay. I've, I've, I've watched their heads break. Um, you know, where, where they go, Oh, uh, uh, well, no, uh, uh, because they're just not, they're not prepared for it. They're not expecting it. And it's, um, you know, if, if GMing at a con is a different skill, GMing this system at a con is almost a subset of that skill. I think. Well, Absolutely. we agree. That's why we're just nodding here. See, that's the whole thing. Having video now where I can <laughs> see you guys means that I can just nod at you. So, dude, yeah, word. Absolutely. Yeah. Basically. That's it, mm-hmm. So, Dave, I mean, when, when obviously, you know, we, we talk about, you know, you, you've been running, you've been getting your feet wet in con games now, man. I mean, as the, and you're, you're not really, but as <laughs> I'm going to paint you as it because it's, it's easy to do so. As the newbie. As the new, as the <laughs> new, thank you, I'm a noob. Yes, as the new convention GM, I mean, the players are going to want to pwn noobs. Yes, has has this has this impacted you in a positive or negative way? Have you found it difficult, or has it not been a burden for you because you didn't have preconceived notions? Well, that's the funny thing, right? I go to Gen Con and I tweet that, hey, I'm going to run a, I'm going to run a game and. You know, anybody who wants to come show up and we we got a full group within, I don't know, 20 minutes showed up at the JW Marriott and we filled our table. We played and it was great. And and the thing is, and then, of course, at Gamer Nation Con, too, the thing is, it's I've never GM'd for anybody but our people. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, right? Is right. It, my friends are convention goers and people who are subscribed to my stream or my Twitter are the ones that showed up that night at, at Gen Con the first time and the last time. Um, so I've never really been in a situation where I've had to just all of a sudden run a game for six new people. Now, that being said, I almost had to jump in because Matt had, was it, was it Matt? FFG, Matt, right? No, I don't know. He coordinates all the FFG stuff. What, a GM yeah, Matt, Matt. Yeah, a GM didn't show up on Saturday morning and I happened to be hanging around in there. And... It looked like maybe I was just going to take one of the mods and run it, but then the guy showed up. So um, it was, uh, and it wasn't Keith that didn't show up because he, you know, he <laughs> Keith always shows up. Um, yeah, and so I think I wound up sitting in 
Did I wind up sitting in your game, Bill, that day? Yeah, uh, th- yeah, the last day. Yeah, I, th- I think that's yeah. I think yeah, I sat- yeah, Saturday morning. My my the one time I was running Star Wars at that con. Yeah. Yeah, you were in that game. Yep. So yeah, that was uh, that was cool. That's very cool. <clears throat> that's awesome. So okay. We've dabbled a bit. Sorry, I, I didn't. I didn't answer your question, but I haven't had a bad experience yet. So okay, there you go. Well, and that's the thing, and, and it's one of those things. If you're <laughs> the 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 weird experiences tend to happen with experienced GMs who are coming into the system when they were trained on something different, um, and that's 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 really what it comes down to. But you, if, so to continue on this theme of of what makes running a con module or playing in it different from a home game. You know, Phil, you you hit on on quite a few big points, and one of those big ones is the fact that you have the potential for unknown players, right? Right, um, exactly. Complete, completely unknown players, and you know, at a at a at a family, I, I I don't mean I don't mean family as in there are children there, but there are children there. What I mean is at a family con like Gamer Nation con, meaning that the attendees were all members of the Gamer Nation. Everybody is uh, a fan of one or more of the podcasts on the network. We all know each other, at least through an online presence. We have the same cultural space, basically. Yeah. Um, if, you're at a di- if you're at a different con, if you're at a Gen Con or whatever, you run the risk of getting some really odd players at your table. <laughs> yes, indeed. I like how you do that a little bit more PC. Yeah. Uh, odd? Yeah, odd. We, we, can, we can say that. Um, and and maybe maybe in a bit uh, we can we can talk about what some 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 of those odd players might be and how you can how you can some some interesting stories and then how you can kind of deal with that. Um, but you know, <laughs> we episode one fourteen loser gamers and how to spot them <laughs> loser gamers and how to spot them. <laughs> this is a hobby of people who are commonly ostracized as adolescents. You should ostracize them now as adults because that's the right thing to do. Uh, <laughs> Totally. Wow, was I too on point with that? Sorry. Oh, oh man. Um, <laughs> um now on that on that on that joke, um this is one of the things that's that's really important. And Phil, you you brought up a good point. When you have unknown players like this, mm. um you know, our hobby has a lot of people in it who um occasionally have have don't have the best social acumen, you know? Um right. Uh, you know, uh, whether, whether they're people that are on the spectrum, there's, there's a, lo- a lot of us in the hobby that are on the spectrum in some small way, um, you know, or whether just people that, that don't have the same, they, they just have different socialization experiences. Um, sure. and people come to conventions to get those. They come to conventions to be with people like us, to be with our kind. Uh, you know, this is your tribe and, and th- this is home and, and things are safe here. Um, having said that, you know, um, social behaviors can still be difficult. And we've all been at the table where there are, especially with brand new players, people that are either um, overly aggressive um, or quite the opposite and are, are kind of wallflower players. Um, and that tactic as a GM or a player of, of intentionally bringing them into the fold is, is very interesting. Um, and on that note, I have a question for you guys. Um, yeah. Yes. So, in episode 35, we talk about we talked a lot about when writing a pre-gen module or running one, the fact that you're going to be dealing with pre-generated characters. Um, now, there's different roles in the party, and the, the, and, the, and the role in the party is not necessarily defined by the pre-gen, but it certainly feeds into it. And there's often, you know, uh, a, a likelihood that one of the pre-gens is going to be the quote-unquote party leader or the quote-unquote face character um, sure. who's going to be doing communication. 
how do you guys handle pre-gen assignment? Because this matters and can even be a tactic to bring a wallflower PC to the forefront. Do you do you do it randomly? Do you let them select? Do you enforce assignment? Do you say you're running this, you're running that? How do you guys do it? So, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I usually give a reward to the person who arrives first and allow them <laughs> to choose their character, right? And, and so... If someone's going to take the time to come to my game and be there 10 minutes early and be ready to play, then I got, you get to pick your character. And that's, you know, it's just kind of a nice, I don't know, I, I kind of see it as respectful. Now, that being the case, you know, they may pick, a, they, they will probably wind up picking a character that they think they can min-max because that's their favorite genre that they always play and they'll, they'll wind up, you know, sinking back into the role that they've always done, right? And sure. It, challenging for the player but as as far as i'm concerned for a con mod it's it's really not that big a deal and, and plus if people can can gravitate toward the the archetype that they like they're they're less apt to misbehave when they become a fish out of water at least that's been my experience my limited experience <laughs> interesting phil um, typically I, I let them choose. Um, so first folks there get the chance to, to kind of decide who's the, who plays what, um, if they negotiate between themselves, as far as, you know, when a bunch of folks are trying to decide, no one's really picked yet, but they're like, Oh, I'd like to play this. Well, I'd like to play this one. Okay. We'll play this one. Well, what I, I want to play the both, either of those. Okay. You know, I let them negotiate. I, I almost never assign. I mean, I've, uh, to be fair, I've, I've never thought about doing it that way, so I've never tried it. So I have no idea how well or how poorly it could go over, depending on the group. I mean, I could easily write a con mod where I just put all the character sheets face down and say, sit down, pick a chair. You're playing the character who's – you're playing the that character. And that – there's a certain amount of, of appeal to trying that at some point. So who knows? Maybe next con, that's what I'll try. Congratulations <laughs> to the Gungan! Hey! Oh, I gotta. Oh, if, if I do that, I gotta have a Gungan. I have to. <laughs> oh, well, boys, are you still gonna be playing a Gungan? But uh, yeah, I mean, you get the guys who can really, really role play well, you know. You know, God bless them. A lot of our guys can. Did you, you know the Staggering Dragon? Oh, yeah. The G.I. Joe module? Oh, I, I didn't get enough, I did not get enough of a chance to see how that went over. I, I need to I need to get their notes on that because that that's right up my alley. I got to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so Snake Eyes. Yeah, I um, doesn't talk. Apparently, um, Will, somebody walked up and said, dude, you've got to find a way to do. And I think we gave him some bonus XP or something. I don't remember. But the half the table came up and said. The 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 way he role played it, and he, if you guys know Will, he likes to talk. <laughs> and, you know, this is this is not disparaging in the least. If he was in chat, he would tell you that he likes to talk. The he 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 didn't speak a word. He 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 was mute the entire time. And then I went to talk to Dustin to Dustin after the fact, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, he was great, not speaking a word." But let me tell you. Every other met every other session I've run of this, no one's talked. Everybody that ran Snake Eyes apparently did it mute. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Oh my god! I mean, that's, I guess that's just our crowd, right? It it, yeah. it, it is, and I love uh, in 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 the Twitch chat right now. Um, uh, you know, Packret uh, said 
Ga- no, no, it was Darth Pusillanimous. Gamer Nation Con. We have shorter neck beards than those other cons. Uh, <laughs> a, a good way to describe <clears throat> our podcast listening community. But actually, Dustin from Staggering Dragon is in chat as well, and he said it was great, great RP, good peeps. Um, and that's uh, that's that's just that's phenomenal. Um, from from my end, I typically like you guys. I let my players pick, um, but there have been times. Where uh, especially if, if I've if I've had the chance to to briefly interact and I can, you know, I'm I'm a fairly fairly okay judge of people when I when I first meet them and uh, you know if I if I tell someone's a silent character, I can often encourage them or or tell them hey I want you to can you can you play this character, um, and especially if it's a if it's a face character or something that's gonna gonna bring them out into the forefront. Um, Another thing I absolutely love doing um, as a note on this, and I don't know, uh, and again, bringing in some some topics from episode 35, uh, which you guys should really go re-listen to <laughs> in, in conjunction with this. If you're writing a mod especially, and even if it's a pre-generated mod, you can alter the backstories a bit. Um, the idea of having PCs that are siblings or otherwise personally related is great. Um, and one of the most unfortunate things you can do is have those player characters who are uh, related be played by people who know each other well at the table. Uh, it is a wasted opportunity. One of the best things you can do uh, is to have people that do not know each other at all at the table play these sibling characters. Because through, and I actually saw that twice at Gamer Nation Con 5 at my table, where I, I set up two sets of siblings among the PCs and guided where I could the PC selections to be like to, to make sure that two people who came there together are not playing two sibling characters because right. it it, it yeah. kind of forces them to to interact in a meaningful level. And, you know, if you're role playing, you know, you're going to defend this other character or side with them, even though you don't know that player. And that really helps bond the group. Um, another interesting tidbit. Yeah, yeah, happens every time in my fall modules where I've got the two vault dwellers who are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I know. I had one that would, you know, had a love interest between two players. You know, one guy came in and their wives. You're cutting out really bad, Dave. I'm sorry. That's what you're better now. Okay. <laughs> um, I never, it was really stupid, so I'm not going to say it again. So, okay, these are the things that can make con modules different from home games. Um, what else? Uh, unknown players. Uh, should we talk about the fact that we have a time limit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, because my City of Heroes module that I ran, it routinely was setting up to be a five-hour module. Um, just, I don't know what it did. I, and every time I tried to tweak it, it just kept wanting to overrun um, so I had to like, you know, by the time I got to the end, I had to either edit out the final battle. I think only the last two times I ran it, did I actually manage to tweak the adventure or the PCs took actions that eliminated an entire scene. Did it fit in under four hours? Um, go back and listen to episode 35. We're going to, we're going to say that a lot because it's, it's really important that when you're writing the module, realize that you really arguably have what was it would you say did we say you had three main encounters yeah typically that's what you want to shoot for and maybe like a little like transition scenes in between but those should only take like 10 15 minutes tops um three main encounters and encounter want to stick with that and encounter doesn't mean combat 
No, it doesn't. Right. It by all it absolutely means like a social engagement or a, a technical challenge or something that requires time and thought to put into to, to overcome it and to move the plot forward. Um, if you try to squeeze in four thinking, oh, yeah, each one of these encounters will take an hour. That'll be fine. It doesn't work. Believe me. Believe me. Ever. Yeah. It never, ever works. Um, so you got to keep that time limit in check. And if you're running a mod that you've written or you're running a pre, uh, pre-made mod, Phil just elucidated one of the big traps is that you end up, because you have a time limit here, you end up having to cut short what is typically the best part of the adventure, which is the final encounter, right? Yeah. That's typically what it is. And so one of those skills as a con GM you've got to learn is when you take your break, because you should have it. That's the other thing. You'd say four hours. Well, you better build a 10-minute break in there as well. Because, yeah. you know, people, I'm, I'm, I'm old now and I have to pee a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, I say that knowing that I'm younger than both of you. But um, <laughs> Oh, hey, you know what? Your prostate's just going to get bigger from here, pal. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, people, people, you know, you, you better break it. So when, when you hit that break period or, you know, you know, you, you need to be able to gauge and be like, okay, wow, where, how, how far through the story are we? You, you need to, you need to have about two checkpoints for yourself after at pretty much after the first encounter. And then, you know, midway through the module, you got to be able to say, okay, how much time have we used? How much left do we have to go? And if you're going to, if you're going to cut anything, you got to be familiar enough with the mod that you can speed things along, reduce difficulties or cut things out of the middle. Um, yeah. this is the second act area, which is typically should be the weakest part of the mod by design. That should be the weakest part of the mod because you want to start them strong and finish them strong. Um, and, and, and cut there. And that way you still have time for your full third act. So. I got lucky at the uh, Gamer Nation Con. Good for you, buddy. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. He'll be here all week. The when it came when it comes to luck, let me clarify. My group actually was running long through their first. They took much longer to clear the first encounter than other typical groups did because I specifically gave one guy a bunch of grenades so that he could just clear everybody. But instead, they just they took this giant stealth tactic and they worked their way around and then they ambushed him from both sides. And anyway, it, it took much longer than anticipated. But when it came time for the second big encounter, which was the uh, more of a social encounter, trying to figure out where to find the bad guy mm-hmm. or find their contact to go forward, then, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, they actually, when they went to make contact, there was a check in there that, one, if anybody other than this one person did it, then it was going to automatically fail unless something happened like a triumph. Right. Well... So they went and they did some, and somebody else went. Not only did she triumph, she double triumphed. Boom. All right. Never mind. And then the, that entire encounter basically goes out the window because mm-hmm. it's an immediate double success. All right. Well, you get the information you need. There, you don't have to fight your way to the back to get the information that you need. The guy just gives it to you. So, and boom, that, that probably saved 45 minutes. Of which we were going to go thirty minutes long anyway, you know, had that not happened. So oh yeah, it, it worked out. Oh yeah, I had I had the exact same damn thing happen. 
Um, I believe it was the first time. Uh, so I ran, um, I ran four instances of my uh, Flight of the Owls, which was my Harry Potter hack for Genesis. Um, and the first module I ran, uh, and actually Will, we were talking about earlier, um, uh, Will Fail was in was in there, and he was playing one of the characters. And the second, um, so I. I the, the second act is comprised of an investigation and a very small um, combat encounter. Um, you know, a micro, a micro encounter, basically. Um, and the investigation takes up the bulk of it. And I actually posted this up on Facebook, but he, but Will was rolling uh, and he triple triumphed. Never, wow. never seen a triple triumph before. Well, I did, but I cheated. Oh, <laughs> what the exploding die yes the exploding die okay I mean, that's right you had exploding triumphs i i want to come back to that in a moment because one of the things i want to talk about with con games is the freedom to get weird okay um but uh in fact we can come to that next uh but <laughs> uh but yeah i'd never i'd never seen from and this is from a straight roll okay he destiny point spent to upgrade so he had he had one green three yellows and he triple triumphed. Um, mm. And it, it was, it was like, okay, you know, and, and as we talked through how that was going to be spent, it was like, okay, yeah, the investigation's done. That's 40 minutes. You guys aren't going <laughs> to, you know, cut, cut out of the mod as you just narratively discovered everything. Here you <laughs> go. Um, and that was really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, that, that time limit, man, it, it makes it it makes it interesting. And Dustin, who's in chat with the Staggering Dragon, says, yeah, that he's discovered, too, you know, with a convention module, two combat encounters, one social encounter. That's that's four hours. That's the sweet spot. Um, that's that's really typically what you need to shoot for right there. Um, you know, unless you are very experienced and able to cut things on the fly quickly or move things along. <clears throat> you, that That's 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 the golden. That's the golden spot right there. Um. So, okay, let's, let's, Phil, let's talk about this because I want to. One of the things I absolutely love about running a module at a convention is the freedom to get weird. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and th that's not just with like, like, because it's a one shot and there's no long term ramifications, you can run a weird concept of a game that would never really work for a campaign. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Whether it's an unusual setting or session or something like that. Um, especially in the realm of Star Wars, when you get down to themes or concepts for your game. Um, I mean, Dave, you and Wes wrote a, uh, uh, you just said the title, which was all Starship Combat based. Um, the rest of the story. The rest of the story. Okay. Which, which, was, which was basically the entire, po po the, the entire PC group are ace pilots. And pretty much everything that happens almost takes place in space. Okay. Um, and that's where it gets done. You know, we've talked about doing that in a campaign setting before, and that can be fun, but it can get stale really quick. <laughs> um, you don't run that risk at a convention. You can, at a convention, it's a one shot. You know, the, the adventure is not going to continue. This is it. You can be like, yeah, we're all pilots. This whole thing's going to be in space and everyone will go cool. And that's, you know, stuff like that. But aside from themes and unusual experiences like that, you have the freedom to get creative with some unusual rules as well. So, uh, Phil, talk to us about your experience with this, because you had the most notable one, I think, from the con this past year. Uh, would that be the City of Heroes one? Mm-hmm. Yes. And your, <clears throat> and your, your exploding die. Yeah. Uh, well, the theme was, 
you know, the, the theme being magic, and I wanted to kind of do something a little bit different. So I ran a City of Heroes module, a la the old uh, massive multiplayer online game where they fought this, the dark magic cult, the Circle of Thorns. And because we were playing in Genesis and we I was able to slap on the superhero uh, tone to the game, uh, one of the rules of the tone is that you've got two characteristics that are super characteristics, where if you roll a triumph using that characteristic or any skill using that characteristic, you immediately pick up another yellow die and you roll it. And it led to some really massive, uh, uh, you know, uh, game-altering rolls, including one shot from uh, the the uh, the Green Arrow style knockoff character, who ended up rolling four triumphs, and you know, it was like originally started as a two green, two yellow, versus like three purple and maybe a black setback die. And it ended up with three more yellows in there. God. It just got crazy. Um, I'm like, okay, so you take that guy out, and uh, what else do you do? You know, that type of thing. I I, I love it. But um, every character, every game had at least one role where something exploded. So everyone got to encounter that cool thing. And, like, in one case, um, one of the characters – there's a magical barrier, and originally it was supposed to be one of the two of the uh, two of the characters had arcane knowledge. So it's like okay, most often than not, the arcane folks tried to burst the uh, you know pop a cast a ritual and pop the pop the uh, the ward. Um, but one time the the tanker the the energy melee tanker said, "I'm gonna walk up and I'm you know barriers are for suckers and and rolled to to breach it, and he succeeded with a triumph. So he he did it. He, he hit the and this was like a formidable check so five purple dice to pop it oh. and it, yeah if, if you I, I wrote in if you try to brute force it it it's possible but you're rolling against five dice and he made it and he made it with an exploding triumph so he he shattered that uh, he shattered that uh, that ward so did he make it did he already have a success or what was your rule on so if he you know five purple dice is not an easy check no, it's not. And it was actually because he rolled the triumph that he scored enough successes to breach the ward. Okay, so that's that that was my next question, right? Had he did you had you not had exploding triumphs, would he have failed the check? Yes. Okay. Okay. But hey man, superheroes. That's right, because super. Right? Wow. And that really fits the theme, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, and I definitely try to do that. I mean, you know, two years ago, I debuted uh, Fallout as a hack for Edge of the Empire. Last year, I did my uh, Justice League of the Republic, you know, uh, all the DC superheroes reimagined as Jedi Knights set in the Old Republic, and a lot of their villains re- reimagined as Sith. Um, it's, a, it's a great venue for doing stuff. Like, I mean, I, the first module I ever wrote and ran, it was basically a Guns of Navarone knockoff. Yep. Oh, you yeah. Know? I remember that. So you can get you can get you can get fun with themes like this and weird rules and even even sting to traditional Star Wars role playing. You can get fun with interesting scenarios. One of the more I didn't get a chance to play and it really upset me. But at Gen Con um, a few years ago, one of the more fascinating uh, games I ever saw run was all the players were droids, all of them, and not not like PC heroic droids. They were like like one of them was a toaster droid, a mouse droid. Okay. Um, I think the most advanced one there was an astromech. Okay. Uh, you know, there was a pit droid. There was, there were all these little, you know, and then there was like a really weak protocol droid, um, who had a, a problem with his language processing unit. 
Like, you know, and they, they had to go on this little adventure. And, you know, minor threats were major challenges to them. And it was a, it was a really fun concept and a really fun thing to do. And the players got an absolute kick out of it. You could never make a campaign out of that. I mean, you could, but it would take a really special group dedicated to that kind of thing. That would be a very rare thing, you know? Um, so there's, there's so, there's so much you can do. Um, right. Okay. So. Let's talk a little bit about, we've been kind of beating around the bush, guys, about some of the problems we might encounter <laughs> when when running a con game um, and playing in a con game. So I, I kind of want to talk about to that and 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 what we can do to avoid them. I mean, there are there, things that we, we can consciously avoid and then things that are unexpected that we have to deal with. Um, there was a, a comment made earlier in the Twitch chat that, you know, being a con GM, you you have to be you have to be like an expert at de-escalation at times. Um and I've 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 had to utilize that unfortunately more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, aside from that, I mean, talk to me about the the not to do list at a con game. What are things you would do in a home game that are just a horribly 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 bad idea at a con game, or things that you would expect at a home game that just don't matter for a con game? Uh, well, the first one is don't worry about a three or four page backstory. Okay. I mean, even for the module, I'm not, I mean, you could take that from the character motivation, but that's aspect, but also from the GM motivation, I mean, have a general idea where the adventure is kind of going or coming from, but don't worry about an extensive backstory. You don't have to worry about it. You know, you, the, the adventure is there and a lot of the details are going to be filled in by these players that you've never met before. So don't worry about writing five or six pages of setup for the module. Okay. I would ask you guys, and again, because it's I've only run Star Wars, I'm always getting people who have played Star Wars before. But mm-hmm. at a con mod for Perfect Strangers, how do you how do you guys really handle if they're not familiar with the setting? I mean, it's hard to imagine anybody not being familiar with Star Wars, but but know, I had lots of folks who weren't familiar with City of Heroes or Paragon City. Well, right? I mean, I I would be. I mean, I've played a couple of the games, but. You know, I'm not very good with Fallout. I don't know the setting. Sure. You know? Um, for that aspect, what I would do is I, I do always have um, like a small paragraph, like, I don't know, maybe like five or six sentences where uh, just to, to kind of describe the scenario. I, so I, I gave a brief synopsis of, of, uh, of City of Heroes. Like, you know, it's Paragon City, a fictional city on the coast of Rhode Island. Uh, recently, there was a Rickty, there was an invasion from this Rickty, the transdimensional aliens, a uh, big battle with a bunch of the heroes there where, you know, 800 heroes of the 1,000 who were in the war died. You know, just get, kind of give that quick backstory. Uh, for Fallout, I, you know, briefly describe it as retro Adam Punk Americana from the 50s uh, in a post-apocalyptic setting where the entire world has gone to hell thanks to massive nuclear war and humanity struggling to rise from those ashes. You know, just a couple quick sentences like that can help you just set the mood enough to the point where someone's like, oh, yeah, I can get this. I'm down. I was um, – I've had this happen a couple times in a convention like you described. But guys, I, I was in uh, I was in Oklahoma with the crew from uh, the Geek Pantheon crew uh, and and the Eberron Renew crew. Um, Eric is is dutifully ed- editing this right now, and it's all going to be up in a series of episodes that we'll put live on the Order sixty six podcast feed. But I I told you guys I ran um, my my three episode forgotten series for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jeff, who was at the con by the way, he doesn't know Star Wars. 
like at all. I mean, yeah, he's seen one or two of the films, but he he just he doesn't know Star Wars. And and he was very concerned. <laughs> you know, he was very concerned when we were planning all this. He's like, I don't know if I can play in this because I don't. I, yeah, uh, and no, it's just a matter of like, okay, do you, do you you know doing doing a short blurb like Phil said to explain things is is usually works, and then in a case like that, it's like you don't need to be a Star Wars expert. It's like, have you seen any of the films ever? It's like yeah, or parts of them. It's like so you understand the basic concept, right? There's space wizards, laser swords, the Force, right? I mean, it's you know, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I understand. There's the Empire, yeah, yeah, I understand. Great, that's all you need to understand. Here's what you need to know. We'll go. We'll take it as we go. Yeah, um, I mean, especially for Star Wars, you know, seize on that tradition of the of the classic trilogy films, the opening crawl. And if mm. you really look at it, the opening crawl is really only three or four sentences long. Yep. They're bi- some of them are big sentences, but they're only like three or four sentences long. That's all you need to see. And you remember the first time you saw Star Wars or any of the films, opening crawl happens, you immediately know everything you need to know what's about the scene that's about to unfold. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what, And that's why I put an opening crawl pretty much in the beginning of my module every single time. Yeah. Or what amounts to it, right? Yeah. No, right. It, it's it's standard, man. It's, 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 it's what Star Wars is what you got to do. Um, Pack Rat in chat has a good suggestion. He says, if you really have problems with this, let the players flip destiny points slash story points to establish relevant backstory bits as they come up, <clears throat> as they're relevant in the game. Great idea. Well, that's actually, that also brings up another good point as far as the characters go and character motivations. Um, you know, in Star Wars, or rather FFG, Star Wars games, you've got possibly duty, you've got uh, obligations, um, morality. Uh, for Genesis, they came up with these neat, neat little four, uh, four questions for motivations. Do those matter for a con one shot? <laughs> okay, okay, dude. So yeah. the first time I ran Genesis outside of playtesting, okay, mm-hmm. uh, was at Gamer Nation Con Five. All right, um, yep. outside of playtesting, my own, uh, you know, other, other playtest initiatives, and then playtesting, doing very short like encounter single encounter play tests uh, for my Harry Potter conversion just to make sure it was balanced. Right. Um, that, that was it. Like, like the first full game for me was at gamer nation con five. And I crafted those motivations. I crafted them for the player, the pre-gen player characters, man. I really took time. You know what I mean? Oh, what's the backstory? They didn't give a crap. Not one bit. Not one F was given. <laughs> I I maybe, maybe had a third of my players care about the motivations for, for my heroes. That's I mean, they reference them, they kind of use them as role playing ideas, but they didn't they did not care. Now yeah. now for Star Wars at a con, I don't think motivations are too terribly important in a con game. How, no, how, no. And, and honestly, I, I'm sorry to say the same goes for morality. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, the same goes for morality for your force sensitive PCs. But if duty is run correctly in the mod and you have appropriate rewards for duty, it can matter. But obligation, I find obligation mattering tremendously, even in a con mod, especially if you trigger it and it comes up with a result and it affects the mod. 
that's the thing is that if, if you're running something especially for um, uh, uh, Edge of the Empire and I'll roll that obligation and look at the game, look at their obligations and plan for, OK, if this obligation is rolled, this encounter is going to be changed in this way. Mm-hmm. So that is precisely correct. And that's what you've got to do. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. So some, some not to do's at the con game, obviously don't worry about copious backstory. Character motivation is nice to have. It can give your players some RP hooks, but don't obsess over it. Don't worry about player knowledge of the setting. Are there any other, any other things up front that you can plan for to scratch off in terms of the not to do list when you're going to run a convention game? about a way not to get yourself in trouble and the reason i say that is don't start joking with your uh npcs your participants i'm sorry your npcs your uh, your player character and participants at the table don't start joking with them like you know them right off the top because you don't know them and you don't know what's going to piss one of them off so it is some people, you know, with the best intentions, they just wind up losing their table almost immediately because they say something that's off color to somebody who squawks about it and blah, 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 blah. And it just pancakes. Mm. Okay. This brings up a very interesting conversation that I think is worth having about table talk and color at the table. When you have a home game, you know, these people, they're your friends. You can, you can make a jibe, you can rib somebody. And again, it's not just that these are people you don't know whose proclivities you don't know. Um, you know, they don't know your sense of humor at all. You don't know theirs. If I'm in a home game, I can, I can, I can yell at Brev and be like, Oh, you know, you know, smooth move, Sherlock, nice freaking roll, you know, something like that. And, and everyone laughs and he laughs and it's, there's no, there's no ill intent intended at all. If I were to say that to a player at my table, you know, off the cuff, I mean, God, that could seriously undermine his confidence in a horrific way. He do you know? Do you even know how to play this game? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yes, yes. I guess, God, do you even know how dice work, man? I mean, that's <laughs> that's hilarious. But you know, done wrong or or said you know without understanding the knowledge. I mean, now with me as a GM, but at the end of four hours, I get I typically get to that point with my players where we can rib each other, and the players can start ribbing each other. This is not just GM advice. This is player advice. Yeah, and, and I actually yeah. see players more guilty of this than GMs are. Mm-hmm. Um. And it can cause some rifts at the table as a result. But I mean, I mean, Dave, you bring up a really good point there, man. I mean, Phil, you got thoughts on this? Um, yeah, uh, and it doesn't just go into ribbing and stuff like that. I I know one of my buddies was like, it was like, okay, I do not know where the political uh, mentality of these other players lies, so I'm not going to make any references or jokes to local political situations. You know, um, you're gaming with folks you've never gamed with before. You need to take that into consideration, and it's, <sighs> um, just don't do it. Just don't do believe, it. I mean, leave the hack they put in as the governor of Minnesota and three guys there from Minneapolis. Yeah, just you know, try to try to be accommodating. Go in there, no, you know, don't don't go in there trying to tick anybody off, and, and or even just give folks crap. If that's your style, then do it with your friends. You don't know these people. You don't know how they're going to take things. Res- respect the other players. Respect doesn't need to be earned. Respect needs to be lost. Yeah, and yeah. if you just go in there and you just start disrespecting other people you've lost everyone's respect 
Hey, you see uh, Darth Peel and Animus in uh, Twitch chat? Kind of let, you know, hey, GM, keep keep control of your table. Don't let conversation drift out in non-game topics. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, you're going to have some chatter like that, but you, you do need to pull them back in <laughs> if it starts to get a little bit out of hand. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I would agree. Um, and that's easier said than done, but, but you can, uh, you, you, you can do it. Um, now a lot of this hint is on things that we can't control because I do want to talk about some of the unexpected problems that you can't necessarily control how to mitigate them. Um, yeah. uh, so there's, there's some things you can plan for, like we've talked about and, and set yourself up for. And, you know, on that note, also, when it comes to off off table topic, or excuse me, off off topic table talk, mm. um, uh, as well as another comment that was brought up in chat, don't rules lawyer. All right, and we we talked we talked about this actually in in episode thirty five. Never stop the game to look up a rule ever, never, never ever 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 ever. You're on a time limit. It doesn't matter. Just just say okay. Well, I think this is how it's run. Doesn't matter. It's a con game. We're just going to make the calling and go with it. Everyone cool? Cool. Let's move on. And you need to, Phil, you and I have talked about this a lot, boilerplating. Yes, absolutely. Um, at the beginning of each module, I, and I actually forgot to do it this year. <clears throat> Personally, I blame my needing to kind of do everything at the last minute for without doing it. Um, blame but almost Mortimer. <laughs> yeah, screw you, Mortimer. Um, but no, usually in every other convention, every other game I've ran, I sat there and go, okay, it is my job, you know, something to the effect of, okay, folks, we're here to all have a good time. It is my job to facilitate and tell a good story, and it's your and it's your duty to help me out with that and show everyone else here a good time. Um, if a rules call needs to be made, I'm going to make it. We're going to go with it, and we'll move on. Um, otherwise, let's have some fun. Yeah, that's that's another thing I, I said up front too, and I'm always and and because I'm a noob. Noob. I'm, noob. I'm a noob GM. I'll flat out tell them up, up front, hey, you know what? If, if, if there is something that is just flat out wrong, <laughs> let me know. But let me know nicely. <laughs> and that usually, you know, you let your guard down. They start letting their guard down. And, you know, unless there's douchebaggery afoot, I don't, I don't usually have a problem with it. But then again, when you don't know people, that may not be a great tactic. Yeah. Right. Like, OK, I, I ran a game. <clears throat> I ran a game. I think it was my second or third session. Maybe I, I can't remember which, um, but I, a dude sat down. I love the dude. Um, he's, he's one of our OG peeps. I know him to be a hardcore rules lawyer, hardcore. And so before his session, um, I boilerplated and I basically said everything you said, phone. I'm like, yeah, so listen guys, if we have a weird rules call and I can't remember it, we're not going to stop the game down. I'm just going to make a call and we're going to go with it. But I promise I'm going to err in your favor whenever possible, but it's important for us just to keep the game going. We're all in agreement with that, and everyone nods, and I lock eyes with this dude, and he nods, and he's buying into it, and I'm like, great, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, additionally, if you talk about managing players at the table, if you if you find yourself having a rules lawyer at the table, um, or if you, if you were fortunate enough to sit down with someone who maybe you don't game with a lot at a con, but you know them to be a rules lawyer, use them. Use them, even when you don't need to. Set a precedent. Like, um, there's this. I, I did this tactic once, and it worked beautifully. Where uh, I, I, I knew, I, I, I saw there was a guy who was a rules lawyer very early on, and within the first combat, I, I there was somebody wanted to aim, um, 
at, at, a, at, a, at a specific object. And of course, I know the rules for that. But I put on my best Oscar winning acting face and I pretended like I didn't remember the rules. And I turned to that player and I'm like, hey, you know the rules. Remind me. And he just spat it out. And I was like, yep, do that. Okay. It didn't slow the game down at all. And what happened in that encounter is I still had leadership control over the situation, but I gave him his fix. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and, and we did that with that, with that player. I did that like two or three times during that session <coughs> and it was great. <laughs> it was 114 bringing psychology into your games. Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Um, but, but it, it worked great. It worked great. Um, so, okay. When we talk about, these player dynamics and problems you can't necessarily control. Um, you know, we talk about keeping things on topic at the table, you know, no, no off topic conversation, things like that. Um, how do you deal with players who are disengaged at the table? And is that something you need to be, you know, I mean, I mean, is it just, I mean, aside from boilerplate and setting the expectations, which, which is a huge thing, is there any other concrete tips that you guys can give, and I can give some as well, for dealing with disengaged players? And this is people that are losing interest in the game, they're on their cell phone, they get up in the middle of a combat to go to the bathroom, or whatever. I shoot at them. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, they all of a sudden get into an altercation with an NPC that has appeared behind them. And then they have to start making some decisions. Well, that's you know. a rather specific example, but Dave's well, right on there, right on there. Um, engage them. Mm -hmm. uh, ask them, turn them and say, hey, what do you want to do? You know, tr get them involved. Ask for them to uh, ask them for their their opinion, their their wherewithal to, you know, hey, what do you want to do? Here's the situation. Here's what everyone else is doing. What's your character doing? Draw them in. Yeah, really good suggestion. Really good suggestion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, GM, I think uh, GM Hooley's in chat. And, and if you guys listen to him, uh, if you guys listen to him on the dice pond, then um, you guys will definitely be uh, have some good <laughs> advice. Oh, poor Hooley. Oh, <laughs> uh, for those for those those listeners who have no idea what Dave is talking about in chat. Uh, GM Hooley, of course, one of the hosts of our dice pool podcast devoted to Genesis is on. Um, and people are saying, what's that podcast? The Dice Pool, the Dice the dice Pond, the Dice Spa. It's on the tip of my tongue. And Hooli's like, instant ego killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if it was that or if he was commenting about his, his previous one. He said, I had a player fall asleep at one of my games. Now, admittedly, I've had that too, but she was a rather special case. She was working at construction as a member of the Carpenters Union. And so she was up at 5 o'clock in the morning, even earlier than that. Actually, no, she had to be in to work by 5 o'clock. But she was still making it out to my Tuesday night game. So here we are at 9 o'clock at night. She is asleep in her chair. And we're playing D&D 3.0 at the time. And we're just like, hey, hey, Amy. And she's like, huh? Just picks up the D20, drops it, and just leans back. Oh, she's asleep before the die even stops. Okay. I <clears throat> I fell asleep at a game once. Yeah. And I was running it. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Yes. This was two years ago? No, no this is not two years ago. This is, this is, this is, um, okay. Was so year? <clears throat> two years ago, I started running a game, uh, had Bradshaw take over for me because I was really drunk and really tired and I literally went to go splash water on my face and go to the bathroom and try and wake myself up and I don't know how but they found me asleep in a chair outside the bathroom um, <laughs> yes, we did so that happened no what I'm telling you is about six maybe seven years ago at Gen Con ex utter exhaustion night one uh, several Gamer Nation Con members were at that table including Dono 
um, <clears throat> I set a game up over tweet over Twitter, and we're in some bowels basement room of some hotel. It is two a.m., and I get halfway through this module, and I I literally I nod off. Literally, as they're discussing things, I nod off. Oh, um, they Jesus. have to, they have to wake me up, and I'm like, you know what, guys, we're gonna finish this another time. <laughs> oh, I think I remember this. This because you had already run that uh, delve, yeah, earlier that day or, yeah. or that night, right? And then you tried to run another game after that in that little <clears> room. <throat> yeah, yeah, that that yeah that that did not that did not go well. Yes, more con advice. Don't fall asleep running your game. Yeah. So, okay, we have disengaged players. Um, we talked a little bit about players who are inexperienced with the concept. Um, players who are inexperienced with the system, the system itself. This is extremely common. You know, you have somebody at your table. Oh, yeah, of course, I've seen Star Wars a thousand times, but I've never played this FFG system before. What What is this? Now, we've done how many shows? Talk. We I mean, we, we've done a lot of shows talking about this. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, episode, I think it's 34, was Kung Pao Chicken, Phil, where we actually talk about converting players from one to another. But at, at a convention, that, that's not really the same advice. This is the ability to, I mean, and this is a skill in and of itself. Guys, how do we quickly teach someone the rules? And, you know, whoa. <laughs> how long does it take you? And do you set aside, set aside time to do it? Um... I don't set aside time to do it. Typically what happens is it's sort of a, you know, hey, I don't know what to, I don't know, I don't know how this game is played. I'm like, just watch. We'll keep we'll teach you as you go. Um that's also one of the reasons why I usually start off with a combat encounter at the very beginning of my games. Mm. Um because it kind of gets everyone involved, everyone's rolling dice and the person the people who don't know how to play can kind of look around and see what other folks are doing and how, how, what they're rolling and why and already start to to put the put the uh the 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 pieces together of, oh, okay, these are successes and those are failures and, and okay, so you're rolling those dice and I understand that and upgrading means turning one of these dice into that die and, oh, okay, I think I get this, you know. <laughs> Usually within the hour or at the very least by the end of the module, they're fami- they're at least familiar enough with the system that they're able to com- complete, uh, com- compute roles by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, seen that as well. Quick. Yeah, but still um... – Again, GM Hooley in the in the Twitch chat um, of, of the dice stream has um, like builds in fifteen minutes to talk about the dice. Yeah, it, it doesn't take that long to teach, but you have to make the decision up front if you're going to do that. Um, and right after him, uh, uh, Staggering Dragon uh, Dustin in chat says for newbies, and this is this is my best advice, Dustin. I agree with you. Tell me what you want to do, and we'll figure out mechanically how to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it felt like you said, we'll learn as we go, right? Um, that That's that's kind of the best thing. Um, okay, so, and I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get, get on in our conversation because we've been talking for quite some time. I'm enjoying this conversation, but yeah. <laughs> there's, there's two other unexpected problems. I really, I, I actually put in our rough notes outline that I wanted to talk about. Um, oh. The first is, and th- this seems to be unique to a con. I, I call this player the train jumper. Oh, geez. Oh, man, this happened like two or three times last year. Mm-hmm. Because it's a one shot, what do you do with players who get bored or just want to rile things up because they know there's no long term consequences? 
<laughs> it's it's a fact. We have to deal with it. It, it. it happens. You see it at one shots all the time. On the extreme end, these are players who are just asshats, who are going to be intentionally confrontational and and try and kill another PC in the middle of combat. Um, you know, because well, that's what my character would do, or some BS reason like that, uh, because they're bored and they want to rile things up. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got players who have extremely good intentions and they want to have fun. They're just bored, and they're bored with with the way things are getting run, and so they're going to take things into left field. And and it's not it's not um, it's not malicious. It's just self interested because they're bored. <laughs> There's two ways you can handle it. One way is to, unfortunately, stop the game and try to explain, "Hey, man, um, this is little. This this action that you're about to take is disruptive, and really doesn't help advance the story or the good time of everyone else at the table. Um, please reconsider." You know, and I might pull them aside to do that because it's there's no, you know, because if you call them out right there at the table, that could almost be worse. That just escalates it. Exactly, it just escalates it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, another aspect that you could do is is just go with it and roll with it. I mean, as weird as it is, you know, have them say, "Oh, I want to do this and I want to attack them." Great. All right. Guess what? Roll this. Oh, you get killed. Well, no. What you can what you can do is then, as a GM, either you just do it yourself, or or if you want to have an execute an an an, an arguable reason to allow you to do it, flip a story point and say, okay, well, here's something else that happens. Um, a a door slams shut, or or something happens that separates you from the rest of the party. Yep, you're trapped. Isolate them, and the airlock opens, and you're sucked into space. <laughs> Another thing is is just trying to find out why they're you know why they're taking this action. Is it because they're bored? Is it because they're frustrated? Is it because they're just asshats? I mean, if it's the last one, then there's really not much else you're going to be able to do except you know ask them you know quite you know as firmly as you can, dude, please stop. You the, know? the worst examples I've seen of this have been at major cons like Gen Con. Yeah, um, that's that's you know you very rarely will find that at a smaller con. Um, but but at Gen Con, it, it, I, I had a scenario running with Watsy one time where I had a player start to do this. And, and he, he, basically, uh, he basically wanted to try to – I'm trying to remember the exact scenario. But the bottom line is he was frustrated with another player's decision. Um, and so he, he said, well, I'm going to play my character and I'm going to shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> um, and the, the entire table was just like, really, really, dude, really? Um, and, and I, 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 I was a less experienced GM even then than I am now. This was 10 years ago. And, and he, he basically was arguing with me and I'm like, no, you, you really can't do that. Uh, you know, it's, it's really against the spirit of the game and all this. And well, I got it right. And I'm playing my character and bada, 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 bada. And furthermore, this was Wizards of the Coast. So this was a, this was a, an RPGA event. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh. All right. And so, and so he got like, well, if you'd like to bring over one of the marshals, uh, you know, come on. And he got off in a huff, brought the marshal over. And thankfully, the marshal was like, you know, what's going on? And I briefly explained to him, I was like, okay, well, if you got a problem with the game, you know, uh, you can either abide by the GM's decision or you can leave. Uh, and if you want a credit back for your ticket, that's fine. <laughs> it's like, you want your six bucks back? Here you go. I mean, really, that, that's what it came down to. And uh, and I just kind of stared at the guy. He picked up his dice and left. 
and that was <laughs> that. Um, you know, but that's the most egregious example. You know, but even then, the entire the entire group was thrilled when the guy left. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, usually it's the way, right? We, I mean, I see it. I've only seen it once at my at my game shop where uh, one guy who hadn't really played before but was having a personal problem with another guy and and he wound up throwing a fit and and and, and leaving. But uh, and this was during Commander, right? Which is a four up, you know, four people playing against each other in Magic, and so the whole table kind of. Once it, it got it got to the point where it escalated and three of my guys are there when I say my guys regulars with a guy who was just not a regular at all, had never really been in the shop before, and he's he's acting like an ass hat. And rather than me going over, the players handled it themselves and basically pissed him off to the point where he left. And they were like, That's fine, we'll just split his price support. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nice. Sure. So yeah. Okay, well now that leads into the second point I want to ask you guys about. De escalation. How do you handle players who don't like each other or decide to get personal at the table? Because it's not a group of friends. These are strangers. Right. How do you handle it? Because it is your responsibility to handle it. Thankfully, I haven't had that happen yet, but I've only yeah. ever, I've only ever had it happen, happen twice in my career as a GM. I've only ever had it happen twice. And one time was that Gamer Nation Con. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Two that, I mean, <clears throat> I and somebody got personal at the table with somebody else. I mean, like yeah. they bowed up or just. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, they they started literally. It was a it was a pretty rough conversation. I'm obviously not going to name names, but it was a right. It was a very very long game, um, and at, at one point, one player. I don't know. These two, their personalities just didn't mesh in terms of the decisions they were making. And right. by the final encounter, you know, uh, literally, like one of them was like, was like, was like, dude, just do, just do this, do that, you know. And and the other guy was like was like I don't need you telling me how to play my character and except he dropped a couple f bombs, um, <laughs> and it was and it was oh, it, it was man, yeah. it wasn't it was not friendly. This was this was this was this was you want to go outside tone of voice basically between the two of them, um, and I, the way I had to handle it was honestly in the middle of the final encounter, we took a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We took a break, de-escalated. I went and found both players. I had an aside with each of them. And I was like, dude. And they're like, oh. And both of them were just like, no, no, it's cool. I'm just really tired. <laughs> right. Okay. And it's like, I was, I, yeah. I was curious. I'm like, okay. Because I, I, if that's happened to me, I can't remember when. Yeah. And I'm, as you're saying, I'm like, okay, well, what well, what can I do, Chris? What do you recommend? Yeah. Um, it's, it's no, it, it literally, it doesn't happen often. But when it happens, you got to be ready for it. And take a break. Take a break. It doesn't matter if you go over de-escalate. Um, take a break. I had an aside with both players, and and they were both cordial to each other for the other hour that we played. Okay. Um, the second time I've had it happen was at Gen Con, and it wasn't between two players. It was a player and me. Um, no. And, item. and item. actually, JT Domino, who is in chat right now, is referencing the exact story this happened, um, where I had a player who got verbally abusive with me because... Um, insisting that stormtroopers had to have thermal detonators. Oh god, this story. <laughs> yeah, and and the guy the guy got verbally abusive with me. Um and this is the other point of escalation you have. If you can't handle it yourself or you're not comfortable handling it yourself and you know, it, it sucks when that happens. Um you can do what I did in that scenario. I called a marshal over. <laughs> um you know, you you call you call convention staff. That's really well, what it what it comes in down a to. Convention, you're not you're, they're not paying you to be the heavy. No, 
you know, they're, they're making some kind of consideration or paying for a hotel room for you or whatever so that you can run a game. They're the ones that are responsible. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, my wife and I did, uh, and I know this is not related, but we did uh, fundraiser stuff for my daughter's soccer team, and we would, you know, work a concession stand at, at uh, Cowboy Stadium, you know, the, the Death Star. And... By the way, the Death Star, we, we call the new Cowboy Stadium the Death Star here in Dallas. It's, you know, anyway, long yeah. story. They always said that was the, the, somebody gets abusive, somebody gets out of line, whatever. You One word out of you, which is security. You don't, don't even engage them. You just call security and let them deal with it. Yep. Because that's not what you're paid for, right? And plus, we were volunteers on top of that. So, yeah. The problem is you want everyone to have a good time. Um, and yeah. we're, we're talking about extreme circumstances right here, guys. Right. I mean, you will, if you're jamming a con, you will almost never have this happen. You, you will, you can go, Phil, you said you've never had it happen. Never. Ever. Okay. Dave, you've never had this happen. Um, oh, I've always done D20 radio people, so it'll never happen. <laughs> so yeah, but it's just, it's one of those kind of outlier things. Um, you know, that's, that's there. That's there. Okay, guys. Well, We've uh, talked about a lot. We've we've just we've doled out some very interesting advice. Um, I want to conclude, um, and then I want to get to the latter part of this show and spend a little bit of time. Um, and Phil, I know it's very late where you are. Um, yeah, I got to get going in ten minutes. Yeah, I um, figured. You know, Chris, I, I figured we'd just call an audible here and and pick up pick up the uh, Gen Con five stuff maybe in post. Yeah, we can do it in post. I think that's a really good idea because what we really like to do is, is uh, through Discord, invite some players onto the show um, and some listeners to kind of share their gen, their GN Con Five experiences with us. Talk about the own games, they, their own games they've run. Um, but this has been fantastic discussion, guys. I am absolutely thrilled. So, I really want to bring it up uh, and conclude um, with some final tips, tricks, and advice from each of us um, in terms of the methodology we use to run and play in conventional games, what works, what doesn't, and why, what, what do you, what, what advice do you have and what things can you give to anyone who's wanting to really stick their toe in this pond and embark on this awesome adventure that is running a convention game? Um, uh, uh, absolutely do that boilerplate. Um, I missed doing it for this past adventure, uh, this past round at Gamer Nation Con, but do a boilerplate, set the expectation. Setting that expectation up front can kind of get rid of and help uh, uh, diffuse a lot of the player problems that we've talked about before. Uh, One other thing that I would say, um, whether you do pre-gen or whether you do quick create characters, um, make sure that that they've got a chance to shine regardless. If they, they, you know, give them skills and give them an opportunity to use those skills and abilities. Um, so if you use quick create characters, look at what those characters can do and incorporate those abilities into your story. If you're running a store and you know you're going to create pregens, then you'll be able to uh, sculpt those pregens to fill those roles. Mm. Very Dave? good advice. Um, ditto. No <laughs> fun. I mean, seriously, just have fun, right? It, it's not worth getting. Uh, getting all up in a twist over you know player behavior just you know a lot of times humor really diffuses a lot of things and being being self-deprecating actually can work to your advantage and and you know just 
try and have fun because at the end of the day, people are paying to have fun at your event, your convention, whatever the case is. And so if, if nothing else works, then yeah, you can go get help from the con organizer, all that stuff. But, uh, all right, Phil, no problem. All right. But that's it. And yeah, and, and GM, as GM Hooley said, never ever run a setting roulette while people are drunk at your table. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious time, though. It, it, it was fun, I think. <laughs> I think, yeah. But it was, it was, it was, we came up with such stupid topics at that, at that table. And then Jody and I decided to be brother and sister. And just, <laughs> it was just, yeah. <laughs> Well, my final my final advice to everyone considering running a game is uh, at a con is to 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 take the plunge. It's okay. It's it's never going to be perfect. All right, but it's one of those skills that you learn by doing. Um, rely on your players uh, for help, for advice, and 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 don't treat them as as students or as uh, people you're lecturing to. Um, work with them. They want to have as much fun as you. Um, that's really the number one piece of advice I can give. So it's there. Sounds good. Cool. All right. Well, with that, Gamer Nation, we're going to bring an end to this particular episode before we get into our post-show discussion where we start talking to some Gamer Nation con attendees about their own experiences. But guys, um, this has been a very unusual episode. We want to thank you all for listening in and taking part in this kind of weird sort of pseudo-interview conversation we've had. <laughs> We're going to be back to some standardized uh, Order 66 podcast show goodness um, with our very next episode uh, in about two weeks' time. Uh, we want you to become a member of the Gamer Nation. Head to d20radio.com. Visit the forums. Register. Post your mind. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Give us a call. Call the D20 Radio hotline, 262-D20-RADIO. That's 262 262- Three two zero seven two three four. Leave us a liner. Tell us why you never listen to the Order Sixty Six podcast. Leave us a question. We want it. And of course, email us if you're a little shy. You don't want your voice being heard on the podcast. That's fine. You're not. You're not big into forum communities. You can email us. GM Chris, GM Dave, or GM Phil at d20radio.com. Or you can get all social with the medias and head to the Order 66 Podcast Facebook page. We already have some excellent questions there lined up for our forthcoming episode. Yep. And, and with we've that- got Discord. You know what? We just we just had this Discord pop up, this Discord cord server. So, you know, it's going to stay there. So I think that might be a, a really good vehicle for people to communicate and set up their own games within the D20 Radio community. Ooh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I think we can make a deeper announcement about that, maybe on the aforementioned social media page. See? All right. Gamer Nation, thank you all. And I hope sincerely to see every single one of you that's listening at next year's Gamer Nation Con. This is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. And keep those dice rolling. And may the dice be with you. Post show.
post show, the postiest of shows. <laughs> um, so, Dave, we are going to do something we've never done before. We're going to use this brand new Discord channel we have in order to uh, attempt to do some uh, live communication with our various listeners. And, guys, a topic of discussion we want to bring you on about is to talk about Gamer Nation Con 5. We want to know your experiences. Uh, we want suggestions. We want feedback. Uh, everything. So, talk to us. What do we, what do we got, Dave? Well, um, we've got a bunch of guys in the room, and we're going to... Well, let's talk a little bit about Gamer Nation Con 5 first, and then... And then we can start bringing on guys as, as I, I'm going to start putting them into a bit of a queue in here while we're talking uh, Gamer Nation Con. Sure. But yeah, dude, it was it was freaking fantastic, right? Yeah, it was my favorite con to date. Um, we had an absolute blast. The, the, the theme for the con was magic. Um, and uh, with a with and so we we went with a, a very large Harry Potter bent for that. Um I got to give major props to the cosplaying people who showed up. We had a lot of long times, and we got, we got people like the Shriners, like Matt and Tina, that always cosplay. They've every every year we've announced a theme, they've cosplayed for it, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, but we had a bunch of other people for that did a whole bunch of magic and Harry and Harry Potter cosplay, and not just Harry Potter, but magic in general. And that was the theme. Um, uh, Ogan uh, Ogan on our forums, Eric Brenders, man, uh, that dude, he on Saturday. He whipped out a black mage costume, a Final Fantasy black mage costume that was off the chain. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, due to our, our stretch goal funding for the con, uh, we got a very special piece of uh, a couple of very special special pieces of swag in swag bags for attendees. Um, one of which was the aforementioned map uh, from Christopher West. The other was a right. uh, custom wand um, manufactured uh, by Throwdown Gaming. Uh, which was uh, very well received and a lot of fun. There were like five different styles. So, dude, and, and people really, really liked that. Uh, they really, really did. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I, th- I think what we're what we're finding in the in the in the uh, Discord is that you probably need to be in the Discord as well because they can't hear you. I think you're going to be able to hear them. Okay. Well, let me if I if if I, if I get. They can yep. hear. Me, they can hear me now. Yes, I found the right setting. Ah, fantastic! See, look at that. Hey, hey. Well, hey. So yeah, I mean, uh, anyway, it was, it was, it was our uh, quiz balls and chat. I missed the show, but I'm here for post. Um, well, <laughs> uh, quiz balls. Scroll up to find the link for the Discord because people who were at Gamer Nation Con um, are about to, to to call in, or maybe you don't. You can just listen here. Um, about to call in to give us their own feedback about the con. But yeah, man, I, I freaking loved it. It was fantastic. I ran some incredible games. Um, Guest of Honor was Sterling Hershey. Brilliant. He's been at the con f- for uh, for several years, um, but this was the first time we had him there as our official Guest of Honor. And he ran not only an FFG Star Wars game, but in honor of FFG re-releasing the original D6 system that was published by West End Games, um, as an homage for one of our MVG groups, Sterling ran... In in the D6 Star Wars system, the first adventure module he ever published, which was for West End Games. Um, and that was a monumentally historic piece of awesome uh, just to witness. Um, I was a little sad I couldn't play in it. Um, and then his FFG game uh, turned out to be, uh, dude, it was like you were playing as Jawas or droids or like sympathizers basically running for their lives uh in a sand crawler it was absolutely amazing 
So, yeah. all right. So, hey, I think we got Huli. Maybe. 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 Oh, he's 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 low, but I can hear him. You can hear me. Yeah, need to uh, boost your gain a little bit if you can, there, Budro. How's that? Is that better? Much better. better. Much better. Very good. And plus, <laughs> I, apparently, I have a tool where I can boost you too. So, wow, this is this is really cool. I like Discord, man. This is easy. Way easier <laughs> than easy. Skype. Yep. <laughs> I think we may just use Discord from now on, guys. I mean, <laughs> God, this is really easy. Take that, Microsoft. Um, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Well, hi, Huli. It's been forever since we chatted. Yeah, like a week and a half. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. What, what time is it there? Is it like 2 p.m. on Monday? It is uh, 1.59. Sorry, um, sorry, 12.59. My apologies. Oh, okay. I'm just curious. Sorry. I always like figuring out what time it is abroad. <laughs> yeah, it's in the afternoon. So, uh, And it's pretty hot today. Uh, anyway, anyway, enough about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk um, Gamination Con. Less. It was amazing. <laughs> that's all I can say. And a little bit crazy for what I did, that's for sure. I don't know whether I'd do that again, but <laughs> it, was, it was interesting to say the least. Yeah. So would you like, would you, anything you would change? Um, look, um, can it go for a little bit longer? Um, <laughs> so I can make a full, like, use the, uh, the time that I, um, spend there, um, you know, just doing nothing but gaming. That's cool. Right. Would I change anything? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, a bigger venue with more people would be amazing, but obviously you're limited to the size of the, uh, the event. Um, yeah. but, um, no, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I just love meeting all of the, uh, the, the fans of, of our podcast. Um, and all the people that, you know, you, you see, um, talking online and, uh, and whatever else. So yeah, that's, that's always good fun to, to yeah. finally put faces to, um, to just online personalities. So uh, it's great. You know, and the cool thing was like, you know, I've met, I, I, I've met a few of our hosts from other shows like uh, Dice for Brains this last time around, right? Yep. And, mm. and so I, 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 yeah, I found that really fun as well uh, to, to see some of our other podcast hosts show up. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Was, we, had, we had quite a few there. It was, it was remarkable. Mm. That was actually one thing that I suggested maybe for next year is that because um, Dice for Pain, Susan said that she was going to bring all of her crew. Oh. Um, and I'm hoping to bring all of my crew. Um, so, uh, you know, it could be a some sort of huge big event where we've got all of the podcast guests all together. Sure, we might have to bring multiple mixes, but <laughs> I smell a seminar. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. smell I smell a seminar of epic seminarness. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. so there's other places around. I mean, we're fairly limited or not not limited, isolated here a little bit. Um, as far as the, the number of podcasts that, that come out of Australia, I mean, there are a couple. And a, a, um, there's a guy who does uh, a fantastic Star Wars podcast who's actually on the Gold Coast that we've teamed up with as well. Um, but uh, I know that there's other cities like. Um, uh, that Susan was talking about that she's uh, she's been to a couple of seminars over there um, or just get-togethers for different podcasts for RPG podcasts. Uh, and I just think sharing that information is 
is really, really vital to making sure that your podcast is up to speed um, and um, networking. Right. So, All right. Yeah. Dude, man, thank you. We got to move on. So I hate to kick you off in, in just a few minutes, but we, we only have time to spend a few minutes with each. But we thank you totally for coming on, man. Fine. <laughs> good. Thanks, guys, for uh, running the show. Um, it was absolutely, um, yeah, probably it's the best con that I've ever been to. And I mean, I've been Gen Con as well, and I've run Gen Con in Australia. So, um, yeah, just a, a small. Yeah, that's, that's big, um, pra- that's big praise from the man who ran Gen Con Oz. I'm just saying. Yeah. 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 So, no, it's, I, I love the, the family aspect. I think you guys mentioned it earlier in the episode. Uh, just, um, yeah, it, it brings the gaming nation together. Awesome, dude. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. No worries. Have Thank a good you, one. Bye, guys. Bye. Uli out. Uli and out. Guess who's up next? Uh, Christina Hendricks. No, 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 no. This would be IS Destroyer. Kevin! Uli. <laughs> Uli's so pretty. Is that what you just said? I said I am not nearly so pretty. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, as, oh, it's Christina Hendricks. Yes, yes. No, you're not. Um, no dig against you, bro. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, none take it. So, Kevin, obviously, you attended uh, GN Con 5 this year, man. Thoughts, impressions, favorite moments? Uh, goodness. Uh, favorite moment, hands down, uh, playing in uh, 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 Fallout. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I would, I've been looking forward to that for uh, a good three years now. Uh, ever since, uh, ever since uh, that was, uh, he, he posted those rules on the uh, uh, fragment. Oh right, that was man. This thing has been has been uh, budding uh, since since way back then. I mean, it wound up being uh, earth shaking in its just just. The ripple effect of what he did with that module is is ongoing, right? I mean, it just keeps going. Yeah. I, you know. My biggest regret for the con, Kevin, is that you and I didn't get a chance to play Harry Potter. I, I, I never was able to find time to get a pickup game together on Saturday. I will I will rectify that by next time being a... Uh, uh, or a, uh, oh, a yeah. Oh, the MVG, yeah. <laughs> well, do you want? Do you and I have an online game together this time or this year? I don't know. Okay. Uh, well, thing is that a thing you guys still do? You, we yeah, we do. Um, we we absolutely do. Okay. Well, we'll 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 converse about that. We'll converse about that offline. We're starting the Patreon uh, now that we got back to full again. We're going to start that back up in May. So, yeah, we'll reach out. Very, okay. very, very, very cool. Um, dude, so, okay, what, I mean, I'm glad you enjoyed the con, and that's good, but, like, suggestions, feedback, what can we do to make things even better? Um, well, I don't know if I'm the only person who had this particular problem, and it may just be because I'm extremely dense. Um, I had absolutely no clue how to sign up for games until, like, maybe a week before the con started. Oh, um, dude. I, maybe maybe I missed, uh, like, because I'm not on Facebook that often, so I don't really 
see all those posts. Uh, I don't know if it was posted there. I don't know if it was emailed and I just missed it. Um, but I, I had to do some digging to figure out how to sign up for games. Okay. Well, well, okay. I will be very, very happy to tell you that everybody who registered for tabletop.event, you're one. Um, has been or is going to be added to a MailChimp email list, so you're going to get updates right in your email box. Correct. Uh, I was thinking, like, so, something like, like, you know, for those who maybe didn't sign up for that originally and, and maybe were part of the Kickstarter or something, uh, a Kickstarter email just saying, hey, you know, big red arrows saying, pointing to the link, saying, hey, go here. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you, you we, we so we got we got nearly universal feedback that everyone uh, enjoyed the registration system a lot better than the way it was in the past, and they're like keep, keep using it. But I think we we've all understood that what we're going to undertake for Gamer Nation Con Six is a lot more advanced education. Um, maybe throwing together a few tutorial PDFs as well, um, and then obviously, as you mentioned, communicated out you know multiple times through every channel we can, and that would include email, like Dave mentioned. Um, and we did, we did reference it in an update on the Kickstarter, but it was a bit buried. Um, so, uh, we can, we can make that a lot, a lot more crystal clear next year. And that's a really good feedback, Kevin. Thank you. Well, yeah, that, that was really my only, uh, well, awesome. Issue that I have. Good. Cool, man. Good, good, good. Uh, anything else? Um. Well, other than regretting not being able to play more games because of my own you know, idiocy in, in that regard, uh, <laughs> not much. Uh, I still had a great time. There's, you know, there's even, always something even to do. Just, even when I when I had nothing going on, I was just sitting around, maybe waiting for a a, a a pickup game to start or something like that. I enjoyed watching other people play. Right. Uh, it was. It, it, because you, you see a lot of games that you normally don't get exposed to. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's a wide variety of things that are going on, which is really great. I, I love one of the things we didn't talk about because this is really a Star Wars focused podcast. But one of the things I adore about a con is getting to run stuff that I would never, ever get to run otherwise. <laughs> like Og. <laughs> Like Og or Great Orc Gods or Lady Blackbird or Lasers and Feelings or um, Wield or uh, Everyone is John or <laughs> or, or uh, All Out of Bubblegum. Um, yeah, yeah. Ghost Echo. Oh. So, yeah, man, uh, I, I adore conventions for that, that very reason. Dude, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate Thanks for having me. Take care, man. Do. Um, I'm not sure if he's ready for me to come to him yet, but uh, got uh, Jeremy Bensley, who was one of our MBGs. JB. On, and hopefully, um, I see that he just unmuted himself. Hey, Jeremy. What's yes. up? Hey, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Good, brother. Good. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so, uh, I told Dave I'd, I guess I could provide some of the MVG uh, feedback a little bit. 
Yes, please. Uh, first, I, I have to agree with what everyone else has said. Like, I think this is the most fun convention thus far. Not just Gamer Nation Con, but this is definitely the best Gamer Nation Con, but then like any other convention I've been to, I had a ton of fun. Um, so I guess the only uh, the only downside I have in, in the MVG is, and it goes back to the event registration, but it's like, I don't have time to do all this stuff. How do I do all this stuff? <laughs> and it's, it's great to have the, the experiences that we have at that level. But at the same time, I, f- I feel like a lot of times, you know, it's kind of an obligation too, right? So you have to, once you sign up for that, like you got to be there. Um, so yeah, I miss some of the things like signing up for Phil's fallout module because we're doing these other fun things. So it's, it's a blessing and a curse. All at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's choice. We had, you know, we had um in I don't I don't know if it was in your group, but we had we had one MVG who was like, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna sacrifice my slot in the game because there's something else I really want to play. And I know I know I I I paid good money to have this special game, but I'd rather do this other thing. And so he, he gave up his slot. Um and it was eagerly filled. So <laughs> um, you know, you're 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 always you're always uh, have the freedom to do that. Don't don't feel obligated. But, uh, you know, you, 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 you pay as good money. We want to get you in a game with me. We want to get you in a game with the guest of honor. You know what I'm saying? We want to, we want to get you at the staggering dragon table. <laughs> yeah. And again, the staggering dragon guys, but that was, that was great. Um, and obviously the, the game with you was, was fantastic. So, uh, we had fun, man. Having us. <laughs> yeah. We had fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll look forward to seeing you again next year because you're local. I'm local. I so the great thing about it is I can I can splurge a little bit on the MVG money because I don't have to worry about things like lodging and travel and all that. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I will say just a negative, like I think I'm starting to get up to my ears in convention water bottles. <gasps> ah. Oh, if TG was on this call, she would squee with delight because she is in absolute agreement with you. Yeah, it's getting a little excessive. <laughs> we okay, so we've had discussions about this. So okay, I'm interested to get your feedback. Um, you know, we we've always you know tried to do something that is is g- give you some good convention swag. I mean, obviously we're gonna give you a swag bag because you gotta have a, a place to put your stuff, right? Um, but you know, and you know, with, with that, you know, traditionally it's always been like a, a water bottle or a cup or something. You know, that keepsake from 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 for the con itself. But if if you didn't have that, uh, what else would you want to see? What would be intriguing to you? We've had conversations about the possibility of maybe a dice bag, um, as a as a standard gimme for you know to to replace a water bottle. Um, what what other interesting pieces of swag intrigue you? Because that's part of our standard budgeting, man. Yeah, I I, I do love the idea of things that are more gaming focused. Um, you know, a dice bag. Uh, a uh, tray. I mean, obviously trays are super expensive, like maybe, you know, cheap printed, uh, uh, dice roller, dice tower type things. Um, you know, and I know that, uh, that some of the, some of the work that, that Kate does is really nice. Um, I bought one of her like fold up dice, uh, holes, dice, uh, trays. Yeah. Which they're, are awesome. They're things fantastic. like that, like things that could be useful at the table, I think are more appealing. I think that, you know, kind of generic, here's a water bottle, here's a pencil, you know, that kind of stuff. 
really good feedback. Okay, duly noted. So somewhere downstairs right now, TG is asleep and she stirred in her sleep and she smiled. Ew. I knew you were saying this. <laughs> so on a personal level, thanks for making my wife smile. Um, and that 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 wasn't creepy at all. And uh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but no, no. Um, honestly, you know, for 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 myself, Dave and TG, the directors, um, as well as some of our Marshall feedback that that, that was TG's been saying this for like two years now. And after this year, especially, we've gotten other there's been a pretty even split. People are like, let's just let's just we don't. Yeah. yeah. But then there, there comes a question like, you know, the people like you that are OGs that have come to the con repeatedly and repeatedly. Yeah, you're like water bottle overload. Right. But then you've got people that have never been before. Right. So, yeah. so I feel like just at this point, you're you're probably going to get a lot more people that have been than haven't. But this is true. Uh, that we're, we are getting to that point. So. Yeah. So very, so, very real everything. I wanted to. And a little little bit of my feedback there now this is what we're seeking on this uh on this post show actually and that's absolutely brilliant thank you all right man we appreciate it dude all right thanks thanks jeremy all right there he goes and now we've got who do we have next uh jt hello there hello hello there oh is that justin this is uh jt jt domino oh Okay. Uh, yeah. So no, this is JT Domino. This is actually JT, not Justin, whom I call JT. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. So this is JT Domino. What's All up, right. JT? Not too much. Uh, still reeling, really, from uh, the la- my first Gamer Nation Con. Yeah. So this was your first Gamer Nation Con, man. But you've been a D twenty radioer for a long time. Um, That's true. Yeah, I started listening to you guys probably like right after you started the FFG podcast. Yeah, you're you've you've been around a while. So okay, man, your first con with us. Thoughts, experiences. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it was it was a whirlwind. Yeah, I, I even survived the great tornado of twenty eighteen. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for, for those who weren't there, this is Texas and it's April, and we do get storms sometime. We had a tornado warning, okay? Um now Texas is humongous and that doesn't mean anyone actually saw a tornado when we get a warning. And Dave, you're a meteorology guy. You can explain this. Um, but we had we we had an actual warning, which I means somebody saw saw like spiraling clouds somewhere. I guess. Uh, okay. Well, in that case, it was actually due to rotation that was picked up on radar, and so it looked like this like a tornado was going to spin up out of there. Okay. So that's why they issued the warning. Okay, and so and keep in mind these storms move very fast. These warnings typically last anywhere from like twenty minutes to forty-five minutes, and during that time they send off sirens. And so we literally had to stop the convention down for twenty minutes and move everyone to the back of the building away from the windows. And that's just for 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 safety, and it's something we do. But it turned out to be a big pile of nothing. Okay, and so JT, I don't know if you saw this. It was Larry, our, our Artemis Larry, who on the uh, it was either on the con page or the D20 radio page on Facebook afterwards. He posted a meme, and it was a picture in the Artemis room, and there was a one chair that was tipped over, and he put a he the the uh, the meme text on it was uh, uh, Gamer Nation Con Five Tornado. We will rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, uh, but yeah, man, it was just like a real haze of just like gaming no sleep uh after dark drinking oh man <laughs> yeah 
And then I've, uh, I've been keeping in touch with people that I met for the first time in real life that I've been talking to on the D20 radio Facebook page. So that was awesome getting to meet everyone in person for the first time. Um, I've even been gaming with some of them online now. That's been pretty cool. That's wow. awesome. See, that, yeah. that, those are the kind of stories I really like to hear. Now, are, are you have you been to conventions a lot previously? Have you been to other conventions? Yeah, yeah. I've been to a few different conventions, uh, mostly things like, you know, anime, comics, general nerddom. I've been to Star Wars Celebration a few times, actually. That's actually the reason I couldn't make it last year was because I blew my budget on uh, Star Wars Celebration. So this year I was good. Dude, well, okay. I, I, I mean... How how do we compare to Star Wars Celebration? <laughs> oh, so I love Star Wars Celebration. Star Wars is like my favorite thing ever. But in terms of just pure fun, I have to say that this beats it. Really? Sad. As much as I love Star Wars, just there's nothing that can compare to just being with a bunch of your fellow Gamer Nation family members and getting to meet them and play games and do stuff together. It's funny you say that, right? Uh Gamer Nation family members, because that's, you know, that was really kind of the point of Krista's uh, little speech that she made at the end, you know, because she always does a speech at the end. Mm -hmm. And we talked about family, right? And, and that's, that seems to be the overriding theme for us is that everybody says they come back because it feels not like a con or not like a bunch of friends getting together. It feels like a family. And that's, that's so cool that you would say that. Yeah, no, I definitely felt like that, too. It just felt like one big happy family. Dude, so anything dude. um, anything from you that you saw that we might make a little better? Oh, man, I think everything was pretty great. Uh, it got a little hard to hear sometimes, but, you know, having too many people at the convention can be a good problem to have, I think. So, <laughs> yeah. We just talked about that a little while ago about how we can yeah. structure the tables a little bit better to try and spread out that. But still, noise is noise, and it's just going to go. It is, but I, I think you will see an improvement next year with a slightly different layout that should have greater distance between our loud RPG tables. Oh yeah, I'm not too worried. I'm sure that we'll get everything going. But yeah, no, I, I don't really have any complaints. Everything was great, and I'm definitely doing my best to make it next year. So I, I hope you can, man. We'd love to see you. Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 All right, JT, man, we appreciate you coming on. Oh yeah, no, this was great. All right. Thanks guys. You bet. See Take you, care. JT. All right. I think we have one more in, uh, one more brave soul. It's, here. it's late. I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah, please. No. All right. So this is uh Tori. She's going to bring us the female perspective. Maybe. I'm not sure, actually. Tori can go either way, and I don't know who you are. <laughs> and I'm not hearing. I'm seeing white, but I'm not hearing. Oh, mercy. See, out of out of five, all of a sudden, you've got one that is... That all of a sudden, we threw a shoe on. Oh, that's a bummer. That's a, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah. Any... Oh, hey there, boom, boom. There we go, sorry. Oh, we got you. We got you. Hey. So, hi. So I have not been active in the community very much um, until um, really very recently, until really about the time I 
uh, went to the con. Um, but I'm good friends with Jeremy. Um, and so he's kind of the one that brought me into the con um, and our other friend, Marcus. So the three of us just kind of hung out at the con the entire time together and um, had a really good time this year. Yes, I remember. Marcus, what a great player and GM he is as well. Yeah, he's our regular GM, and um, he's just amazing. We love playing in his games. Wait a second. Was Marcus the guy holding court on Saturday or Sunday in the in the um, right next to the Staggering Dragon table? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. That's who that – okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he struck me as being a really, really animated and really well-spoken you know, GM. He really – I, I I just I sat there just watching their table because of what he was doing over there. We got nothing got but compliments not- from his game. So, yeah. and now you ran a game with wine. Uh, yes, this is my first time DMing at Gamer Nation Con. I came last year, but I only did the three day pass, so I didn't really. I kind of hung out with Marcus and Jeremy, and kind of was very quiet and didn't really meet a lot of people or anything. And then this year I was like, well, if I'm going to be MVG with Jeremy Marcus and I'm going to try to, you know, participate more. And um, so I decided I DM a game regularly, a 5e game um, at work. And um, every once in a while I DM a little bit for Marcus and Jeremy and our other friends. So I thought this would be a good time to kind of get in there and give back to the the con a little bit and run a game. So uh, Marcus was running three games and then we were MVG. So we didn't have very many open slots left, like Jeremy was saying a minute ago. Uh, So I decided to try to run something during after dark hours. And um, I kind of poked around and found found a module that was called the noble rot. And it had, uh, it basically took place at a winery. So I was like, well, let's drink wine and game at a winery. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, um, everybody partook with the wine. Uh, there was one guy who, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to embarrass him, but he maybe partook a little too much and I had to leave a little early. <laughs> but um, it was it was a really, I think it was a really fun game. Like I had a lot of fun running it uh, and I've heard that my players had fun playing in it. Dude, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Well, so you came back. You obviously had a good enough time to come back and then you, you forayed into con GMing. Um, which is obviously the topic of our show tonight. Um, favorite moments from the con? What did you What did you enjoy? Oh man, um, I really enjoyed the Harry Potter game with you, Chris. Um, oh, and you. that was you know our first event of this con, and it was just it was a really great way to just start off the con. It was a really really fun game. Um, I really loved the Staggering Dragon game. Um, I was a huge G.I. Joe fan when I was a kid, actually. And Lady J was like my favorite character. She was like one of my role models growing up. So I got to play Lady J. And that was uh, that was a really big, like, I just, I really loved that game. And also, um, William, who was one of our other MVG um in our group, like he played snake eyes and he didn't say a word the entire game. And, uh, he did so well playing snake eyes and just um, using hand motions and, and stuff to, to communicate. And that was just, it was really fun to watch him do that and, and do that so well. Um, and Marcus ran a game on a system called Ragnarok, which um, he had never DM before, but he read the book and was really excited about none of us who played in the game ever played the game. And that was the one you were talking about on Saturday where he was very animated and holding court. And that was just, you know, we kind of went in a little bit like, okay, well, we don't know how this is going to be. And I think uh, it was definitely one of the highlights of the company as well. Oh, that's great. Marvelous. So from your perspective, 
things to do better, things that uh, you might change, aside from, you know, trying to get a bigger venue and more people in there. And, and yeah, making I mean, it, I, apparently, Quiz Bowl wants to make it 11 days. <laughs> yeah, I'd be up for that, too. <laughs> um, I'm a local, too, so, you know, uh, it was easy for me. I got to sleep in my own bed and then come up to the con, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and I go to get the Dallas Games Marathon occasionally, and uh, and I like the venue. Uh, my only really big complaint with the venue, besides, you know, it's just what it is, uh, the air conditioning. I yeah. mean, it's a Texas spring. And one day it was like 80 degrees and the next day it's, you know, below 30 degrees. And uh, so the whole time I was either freezing or burning up. So it's like I had a jacket on and I felt like every 30 minutes I was either putting it on or taking it off. Right. But I mean, that's just another issue with the venue. But I mean, Dallas Games Marathon is a great place for what it is. Um, yeah, God, I don't really I can't really think of very much I would really do differently. Um, that is immediately. uh you know, obvious. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought the, I, I did the registration. I thought it was easy. I submitting a game I thought was easy. I mean, I didn't have to register for much because I was MVG. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I really, I thought it was very well run this year and just really um, a lot of fun. And I'm already looking forward to going back. Woo. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> love to hear that. Love to hear that. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for the feedback, um, and uh, and and your attendance uh, and 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 passion. Thank you. <laughs> so, wahoo! Yep, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks. It was fun. Thanks, guys. All right, take care, dude. Um, I think I think we can call our first foray into Discord um pretty moderate success. Yeah, not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Well, listen, I want to thank all the listeners who came on to give us their own experiences with Gamer Nation Con. Um, really excited for next year. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you obviously uh, are, are listening live and you you attended Gamer Nation Con, uh, but you obviously couldn't join us for this live chat, and you have feedback you would like to give, we want to hear it. Uh, whether it's positive stories that we can share on next year's Kickstarter, suggestions for improvements. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice and you wish to do this, boy, do I have something for you. There are two places in which you can submit your feedback, and we would absolutely love. The first is, and if you want to keep this confidential, a very easy way to do it, give us an email. We have an email set up specifically for this, as well as any other questions that you have to the con. Um, and that email is actually forwarded to every convention director. And that email is 4dog, that's 4-D-O-G-G, four days of gaming goodness, 4dog at GamerNationCon.com. Um, and you can email us with anything that you've got, any suggestions, any questions, and just email us straight away there. Um, additionally, you guys can head to Facebook. Um, where you can go to the Gamer Nation Con Facebook page and post up any feedback or cool war stories or anything else you'd like there. We would love to hear it. Absolutely. And you don't even need to use your real name. Nope. <laughs> Anonymity and the internet, because nothing has ever gone wrong with that. Ever. <laughs> All right, so you guys, if you want to, as you're listening to this show and you're wondering, uh, how come I didn't know that this show was going on? You know, we do do, we do, we do do. See, see, Doo-doo. number. I cannot believe I just said that. Perfect podcaster. I am. Yes. Okay. So we tweet and Facebook the announcements about our show in advance. 
And if you'd also like, you can not subscribe, but follow on Twitter. You can follow the Twitter on Twitch. You can follow the stream. It is at twitch.tv slash big Yoda, big Yoda. And you click the little follow button. It's got a little heart there. You click it and you will automatically receive emails when we go live. And that way, if you haven't seen anything else, you will at least get that to say order 66 podcast is on the air. Mm-hmm. Yup. Wahoo. And I've been known to get drunk and stream Hearthstone at, at, at in the wee hours of the morning, so um, you'll see that too. <laughs> uh, or, or, well, watch at your own peril. I'll say that. <laughs> at your own peril. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a fun episode. Again, I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning in. And for those of you who came on to uh, discuss Gamer Nation Con, we are greatly appreciative of your feedback. And again, guys, give us your feedback. Every ounce of it is taken and considered to make the best little con in the world even better. That's right. Thank you guys all for listening, and we will see you guys in a few weeks. Good night, Gamer Nation. And good luck. You've been listening to the Order 66 podcast brought to you by Ethan Kinsey, GM Scott, Jeremy Bensley, Bert Ingley, Joshua Taylor, and William File. This podcast and related websites are not affiliated with Fantasy Flight Games, 20th Century Fox, Walt Disney Corporation, or Lucasfilm Limited, and its content is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. All original content is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast and Gamer Nation LFC. Mm-hmm.